Hello everyone, welcome to podcast number 114. Our <laughs> fearless leader is currently away in BC, so I guess I'm in charge tonight, so good luck to everybody. <laughs> Are you going to throw uh, your hat tonight, Dex? Uh, I might. We'll see how the Oilers do today, and then Patrick we'll down. go from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll be your host, I guess, Dexter Wiseman. I have my ugly brother off to the side here, Tim <laughs> Wiseman. We have uh, Mr. Adam Weber with us and our interviewer and, you know, somebody who actually was real close to making the cut this weekend, too, uh, Daryl Bradley here. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. What's up, guys? I can't hey. believe Kerry gets the day off, you know. I guess he I guess he had a good, solid weekend. He says, I'm, yeah. I'm taking a week off. Hey? Well, yeah. you know. It, yeah, it's, I made it, more money. It's it's funny we we Kerry doesn't have a personality and he t- replaced it with Dexter with no personality too. So I'm just trying I'm trying to figure out the. Tim Tim started early with the cut the cutdown. Yeah, yeah Kerry's not here to break that. That was Carrie's, that was yeah. real good. That was I'm, I'm still feeling that sizzle. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Carrie Carrie's Carrie. Carrie not here to protect himself. It's all 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 hands on deck right do you, now. Do yeah. you write down your burns and then try to read it off the sheet or what? Because that was awful. Oh, just just as much as your guys' nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what Dexter? What, are you wearing a Joe Murphy Oilers? No, jersey? this is my Ilya Brizgalov jersey. Oh, yeah. You know why? Because he's the only honest guy to play the game. He was the guy that sat there and said everything that what that he wanted to say. He was funny. He was fair. He was honest. He was fair with himself. And you know what? In a in a in a league where everyone is so trained to say things so specifically, he was the only one that was a like a breath of fresh air. And I love the guy. I'm glad he's doing interviews and stuff now. Is he? What is he doing? Like, who is he working for? Uh, I think it was the Hockey Tribune or the Tribune. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he was doing like interviews and stuff at the All Star Games and stuff like that too. Right. So, um, pretty uh, awesome. Ilya Brizgalov. That's probably not who I would have guessed. No, no, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person that has that jersey. But when I do wear it to the hockey games and stuff, I get random drunk dudes hugging me all the time. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I love no, ch- no, no chicks, yeah. no chicks. No, no random hot chicks. They don't random know drunk dudes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's always dudes. Maybe you need to find like the Craig Simpson or something that's you know the, the yeah. hot guy. Then all the girls will come up to you. Yeah. Right? Are, are you the one always leaning in? <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know? So we're not going to go through all like the regular banter that we're going to ha- we normally have today, just because our banter would be about the autumn open, and our guest is pretty specific to last weekend. So we'll we'll go through all that stuff with them. So um, in the uh, in the meantime, we're just going to run through our regular stuff. Um, thank you to all our patrons. Uh, without you guys. This podcast is really difficult to run. It does cost quite a bit of money. So um, thank you to everybody who donates every month to this. Uh, if you want to become a Patreon member, uh, you can sign up at patreon.com slash 5pinuniverse uh, for as little as $2, uh, $2 a month Canadian now. So keep that in mind. And as always, uh, thank you so much to All Star Bowling Sales. I uh, cannot thank you guys enough for the continued support year after year i don't know if we're going to do a draw this week we didn't get confirmation from our captain so uh we're just going to play the commercial and then we'll bring in our special guest all right so our special guest this week our 2021 autumn open champion mr carrie schneider 
How good does it feel to hear that? That feels pretty good, I gotta say, guys. Thanks for inviting me on and uh, and all you guys do for Five Pin Bowling. You know, uh, I remember kind of when Five Pin Universe started and the WCBT tour, and I was actually pretty excited um, to just follow you guys and what you're doing. And I, I don't know how long ago, but I just remember I was pretty inspired to want to come back to bowling because of you guys and the work you guys have been doing. And remember sending Carrie Kreitz a message probably eight, 10 years ago, just, I don't know if I added any of you other guys on the message, but I was just uh, pretty inspired by what you guys are doing to, uh, to just bolster the game of five pin bowling and, uh, and, and try to get more awareness and more people involved. So thank you guys for all of that. Uh, just so you know, Carrie, you're already on the podcast. You don't you don't exactly. have to pop her time. But 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 thank you. Uh it's it we love what we do. It's fun. Um it's great. We think it's important, but I mean so much of those thanks go to Carrie himself for sure. Uh mm-hmm. I mean this was his brainchild. WCBT was something we all discussed for a long time, but um that was something that he made sure to uh you know get out there and, and actually get done and uh couldn't thank him enough it's definitely made a huge improvement to our, for our game so thanks to everybody that's involved as well on my end here yeah awesome. but yeah it's kind of like the the media tour for you now hey carrie yeah. this is like what a full interview we got we well, sit down with the boys for a couple hours <laughs> well i was happy to get the message from you guys but i was kind of hoping letterman or leno or oprah were gonna <laughs> oh, yeah, story. I, I haven't got any of those messages yet Pinnacle. I could be Oprah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we'll, uh, so we'll get to, we'll, we'll banter away. Let's chat about the autumn opening here for a good little while, guys. And we'll get to obviously Carrie winning it in the championship. But, um, you know, part of the fun is to go through the event. We did the whole press conference last week and spent a lot of time on it. So we definitely want to dive into the tournament. And, you know, the, the first stop, you started off now Thursday night with the doubles event, right? Yeah. Um, and doubles event, three different groups. How does that work? Um, yeah. So the doubles on the Thursday night, uh, there's 18 teams. Uh, obviously, doubles, two player teams. Um, they kind of go in the same sort of format as the um, the Sunday finals for the autumn open would run. So you have you have uh, six teams in a bracket. You face each team one time. You do a little round robin there, and each team win is worth a hundred point bonus. So oh, okay. it's scratch, scratch plus a hundred point bonus for each win. So two players, and so it's it's a total between the two players, right? It's not a high low scenario. Right. Yeah. Total pinfall between the two of them plus the hundred bonus if you win. Correct. Um, after that, the top two teams from each little division there will move on to the finals, right. which they'll do the same thing all over again. And crown the champion. Um, our our champion should have been running this podcast, but he didn't. <laughs> but Carrie uh, and Dwayne uh, ended up repeating their championships. So congratulations to those guys. Yeah, that's awesome. For sure. Did you guys all play in it, Adam and Tim? Yeah, Carrie. I didn't play in it. Not yeah, Thursday. I, I played with uh, Greg DeGrazia, and right. uh, it actually came down to the the very final game. Uh, we were actually playing against uh, Carrie and Dwayne, 
And I can't remember if we were second or third, but it, it was like 80, 90 points back type thing. So like a, a win would have surpassed them. And then uh, depending on how everything else type went into, I think me and Greg put up a 400 double and uh, dropped to fourth. So, but uh, still, still made a little bit of money. It was a fun, fun little event. Yeah, it was really good. It was super fun. Uh, ran really, really great. Um, we have our uh, our division that a lot of us were in was um, what was described as the bracket of death. We had, I think, Tim calculated like fifteen WCBT um, championships <laughs> under the belts of the people that were in there, and yet it it was a grind. Like no, nobody bowled, you know. So you're out five. So you're five games. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah, find no, that the hundred pin bonus is a lot, or it's 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 the right amount, or it's you know that's, be, a, that's a, a lot, and it makes a big difference. Obviously, the the winner. I think it's irrelevant. I think you still have to. It just it's, whether it's fifty or hundred, you still have to have your match wins, right? So, I think match wins comes down a bit more. I mean, if you look at it, if somebody wins one more than the other, then then they'll end up winning it. I, I didn't it, find it. I didn't find. I didn't really find it whether they. Whatever number they put on, 50, 100, 200, didn't matter to me, I don't think. Well, Tim, I'm looking at your score. You shot a 14, 16. Yeah, I played really well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brian struggled. And, you know, it, it it happens. And, you know, at the end of the day, you, your partner tries his best, and that's all you can ever ask for, right? We had a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, yeah a little Mark lucky. Miller, Mark Miller was 14, 38 in the fives there. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he carried Dexter through the whole thing for a second. Oh, one hundred percent. I'm not. I am not sitting there going to deny that at all. I had a really hard time trying to figure something out. It was just lots of buried corners and lots of chops, and um, I ended up switching to my Manhattans for there for a little while because they're a little bit heavier, so I could get rid of the chops. But it was definitely a struggle trying to find something that would give me strikes. But for for two hundred dollars, it's not the 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 huge buy in like some other events are like the thousand on the Thursday or the five hundred here or whatever in there. Um, yeah. So for two hundred bucks, I mean, really, it was it was a good test just to get ready for the weekend. None of us had played competitive in how long, and uh, you can learn the, you can kind of learn the lanes. Uh, Mark conditioned the lanes yes. a, oh a, a, a little bit more than he normally has in the past <laughs> so so it, it was good for us to kind of get our, our feet wet so to speak um on the conditions for for friday and saturday sunday so then you uh so then the friday shifts now we get into the main tournament and that was on friday uh two shifts now tim which one did you qualify which one did you guys qualify out of that one uh saturday i did Sarah, you did. Adam, which one about you? Uh, I was Friday morning. Yeah. And Dex? Friday, Friday morning, morning as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which one were you, Kerry? Friday morning. Right. Okay. So tell us about that Friday morning, guys. What was that vibe like? I mean, that's a, a pretty powerful shift usually, right? Um, the guys getting their names in early to play the morning shift on Friday. How did uh, how'd that go, obviously, you know, number-wise? I think we had 44 bowlers in the first shift. Is that what it was? Yeah, we, we almost maxed, I think. It was 44, for, for 46 out of 40. What, what what were you guys allowing in that first shift? I think 48. Yeah, they were doing the 16 threes. Yeah. yeah, there was 44. So we had Adam, actually, who ended up being top qualifier in that shift was 22-39. Kerry Kreitz was 22-24. Dexter Wiseman, 21-19. Way to represent 5-pin U crew. <laughs> okay? Like, let's set up a tournament for the tour. Top three. Boom. That's right. 
Tried, nice. tried to coast in and give away some uh, some doubles money there. But uh, no, it, I, I couldn't believe how straight the lanes were playing. And uh, yeah. I, I don't know if it was just the, the fact that uh, pretty much everybody was running on three to four hours sleep uh, that night, which, yeah. uh, man, that, it, it was such such a long Thursday night. And then, you know, and try to, you know, get a little bit of rest type thing and, you know, get at it first thing Friday morning. Um, but uh, it, I, I didn't see any big runs whatsoever. Uh, you know, the, the odd, you know, four or five bagger, but at, at the Paradise saw them open. Uh, usually everywhere you look, you see numbers just flashing everywhere. And well, that, that about, was something I didn't see. How about Kerry Snyder, though? Second game of the tournament, yeah. shoots a 400. Yeah, I gave yeah. him a pep talk. I was pretty. Were we bowling together that shift, Adam? We, we did. No? We did. We did. Yeah. Um, you, you had a difficult time after the first game. Yeah, you were well, two fifty-seven first game. Then what happened there, Kerry? Well, the first game I went, like I was pretty excited to be bowling again, even though I wasn't prepared for the tournament. I bowled twelve games, like probably most of the people there. They bowled a few league games, and that's it. Um, I go pitch left, pitch left pitch left five my first frame and <laughs> most of you that know me um some people might think i once in a while could uh get upset with myself and uh, and and that is the like i was just like how do i start with five and then i ran eight good frames um like all hits, strikes, spares, and then I'm on a double or triple going home, and I went pitch left, pitch right, ten for oh, two fifty seven. Darn. And, uh, so, and Adam, I think Adam, like we got to know each other over the years, and it, the only thing Adam will ever tell me is is that you're pretty hard on yourself when you have a bad frame, and you always bring it up later and just let it go type thing. So probably Adam made a comment like that, and then the next game I had an eight bagger. And, uh, I, or sorry, the next game I had my 400 and I think I went, geez, I, I went strike, corner spare, chop spare, nine bagger for 400. Nice. Yeah. And it was, uh, well, it was good. Then you're off and running and, uh, felt pretty good, but I tried to, I tried to give it back at the yeah. end. <laughs> yeah. You somewhat coasted home. I mean, you had a 321 yeah. in there game five, but then you, yeah. You know, so first five games, twenty three, two hundred five. But you're right now. When you were twenty one, twenty two, along with you know Ryan O'Callaghan, nice work there. We'll talk about you know some of the good weekends. Uh, Greg DeGrazio was twenty one, eleven, twenty one, oh six. What were you guys thinking at that point? Twenty one, twenty two. That should be good. Your your sixth place, right? Sixth, seventh place. Um, you know, as the weekend progresses, you you're sitting there thinking full confidence, or are you thinking eh, it might be close now. I, you know, I'm always, keep in mind, since I've kind of come back to bowling in 2015, I haven't made a cut. I've bowled Regina three times. Um, I think I bowled your tournament, Heritage once, traditional once, and and uh, Calgary once. So, I'm like, I was 0 for 6, and I had a, like, Regina one year, you know how high it is. I averaged 271, didn't make it. Um, one of the other tournaments I was 34th qualifier i'm not sure if that was i think red deer and so i have i haven't made a cut in like a hundred years and um <laughs> so if you and, make that i feel your pain brother. Eh? i feel so your pain you're giving after, me hope after 21 22 i'm just going well and the way I, like i missed six corner spares in a row from games like i don't know 
four, five, six, seven. I missed six corner spares in a row, and I, and I'm just going, well, I'm terrible. But like, I have no chance at anything if you can't spare. But I was striking good, and I was hitting lots, uh, and I spared all my chops, but I couldn't spare my corners. And it doesn't, you, it doesn't fill you with a bunch of confidence when you're flashing corner spares all the time. It should be the easiest spare, other than maybe the twelve spare. And easiest uh, spare in the game. Kreitz is going to be pissed that he's not here to argue against that, but easiest spare in the game. The Which one's that, Kerry? I think spare. the 12 spare is the oh. easiest. Oh, it's 100%. the hardest, for sure. Um, but but I, I made, missed six corner spares in a row, and anyone who was bowling with me, they heard it. And uh, and I'm a, I'm a, can be a very negative self-talker, and uh, I'm walking around talking about how terrible I am, and I'm just really dis and I struck every time after the corner spare and most of them I got 15s on and I'm just going how do you and, and so when you come I finished this qualifying round with I think a 205 and 21 to and you're just not happy I shot 660 or 670 my last three you're just not I'm not filled with confidence 100%. nor happy with how I finished. And I'm just thinking, well, there's a good chance. It's everyone told me it was going to make it, but I'm telling myself it's not going to make it. <laughs> I, I carry, I, I think it'd be a different story if you finished on the high instead of the low, yeah, right? You're um, right. You, you might've played another shift if you finished yeah. well, because you had the confidence at having what you did. It was, it was like, well, you know what? I, I don't have the confidence right now to play another shift. I might as well just sit on it, right? Yeah. 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 I also I also want to point out that that 400 game is huge, but I also think that like the game after the 400 is bigger in my mind because it's just so quick and so easy to stop focusing on your execution and the things you were working on, and you start focusing on results over that. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's important to come back. I mean, you shot 230, then 232? 232. and like that that's an okay game like that's yeah that's all right that's uh that's not gonna hurt you at all that's not and i probably had two corner spare misses in that game yeah. like and I, i'm sure i hit probably eight or nine times like it was a solid game other than the corner spares right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and 21 22 in, in paradise is was likely i mean especially the way it was playing that morning we all thought that that was good, no problem, because yeah. it was tougher. It was, yeah, it was really not super easy that morning. Um, that's exactly walked, what it was. You only had twenty two thirty nine as your high guy. You're thinking, hey, there's, it's going to be hard out here. It's, it's going to be low. Yeah, for sure. I think lots of people were thinking that. And you could see, you could see it starting to like get a little bit easier throughout the weekend. Mm -hmm. You could see that people were starting to get some shots to roll out rather than power chop and stuff like that. So um, the getaway started to come around out there for sure. Now, um, you had mentioned earlier, Dex, is about the, the blow-throughs and the chops and some of those challenging shots that we noticed that were frequent this weekend. Everybody sort of probably experienced that, some of the blow-through corners that seemed a little bit out of the norm that, than what we've seen before. Uh, was that similar for, for every one of you? Not for me. Like, I... I got tapped three times all weekend in 31 games. Oh, once wow. in the first shift, once in the second shift, and once in the last 15 games. And I got way more. I had good roll, and I just had. I got way more breaks and got away with way more. I 
I felt like I had three good shots that weren't that should have been strikes and weren't all weekend. That's, That's pretty good. fortunate. Well, what about you guys, Tim or Adam? You guys throw a little bit harder too, sweeping there. And, uh, and you know what it. I. I found uh, it was kind of wild if you didn't have – you can tell if you didn't have the fingers on a little bit. A lot of little, little bit more power chops than I, than I expected. I thought they were in the right spot, um, and it just, just punch up. And I felt like one strike was the same, and you go throw a power chop on the same lane. You're like, okay, well, it feels exactly the same, but obviously didn't have enough roll on it. Um, for me, if I was going away left, and if it was slightly thin, I was going to blow through that corner, I felt – um, I just felt that thin wasn't a real great op- opportunity. Um, but again, for me, I just aimed to hit the middle. So if I'm just hitting the middle, I'm, I'm good. But um, I found a little bit wild on the corners too. Sometimes you had the three pin to kick off the side of the wall and just go smashing across the pin deck and the two pins just kind of laughing at you. I, I think I know Adam's seen that many times this weekend. Yeah, some big splatters that then leave it there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, uh, I, I didn't feel I had... I would say any more than normal, like blow throughs, uh, but uh, definitely way more power chops that I thought were in a really good spot um, or, or the ones that uh, are a little bit high that typically have got that extra little bit of, you know, rollout or just that little bit of back end movement that I did get to, to duck under. And uh, that was just not there for me all weekend. Um, so I, I felt I started like pushing the ball, trying to get it to a pocket uh, with that shot almost eliminated out of the game. And, uh, I, I plowed my lights out. Um, it was basically striker, striker, plow. See, yeah. I, I was sort of the opposite. I, I think I over tried to overcrank it at some point just to try to get the roll on the ball. Um, and then and that's where I had my errant three pin or my errant five mm-hmm. or all that. I open up my shoulders yeah. and just let it go, right? And um, yeah, it, it was, or it like was a, a, du- a double deuce. That's probably not a good thing, eh? Uh, no, I, I started with the deuce. I started with the deuce. That, get the, who had to get that? Oh, you had double deuce. Oh, wow. Hey, welcome yeah. to the club, eh? Do you know? It, We're not it, talking was, about it, it was, it was kind of like karma. Um, I was playing with Max Lafreniere, and he ripped out a deuce in the first ball. And I was like, oh, man, all Quebec could have seen that. And then I played uh, – Sylvain in the 16s and in the first ball I ripped it was a deuce and I was like that's you karma. did that was payback <laughs> that was car- total karma, karma. Total karma. Yeah. yeah I do I mean I, I I asked that I felt like I had a lot of blow throughs um you know on the on the one shift and then what Terry said is missing missing the spares right I just missed at least 60 pins worth of spares just to make the cut and that was a huge difference so it's funny that you say that Kerry that you know the spare percentage, and that was something definitely that I watched throughout the weekend was guys and how accurate they were on those on those second and third shots, and it was it's absolutely a difference maker. But. Well, you watch the top players, and they just don't like. And let's remember where I don't know how many people have been playing. Not everyone's coming into this tournament sharp, but normally the the top players just aren't flashing spares, and they're hitting, and uh, they they make you make some mistakes, but like. To miss six corner spares in a row, like I, I'm embarrassed to even be on the lanes at that. Yeah. Like yeah, I, yeah. I really would just like to leave. <laughs> like it's yeah, when, when, when you see the, you know, I, I had the conversation with Rob Wilson, you know, and here we were talking about, you know, the percentiles and how many bowlers are there in Canada across Canada, twenty thousand, and here we are the top one hundred bowlers in all of Canada. So what we're already point zero five of percent, and then what the difference is the guys that are up at the top. They're 0.01%. And I don't know what the yeah. numbers are. You're yeah. probably call me crazy, but you know, it's such a small, minute things, but yet we see such a difference from the really, really top to the, 
in the middle not quite making cuts to the in the in the bottoms not not really coming coming close but anyways let's talk about uh, the rest of the top 40 and the cut so the cut line ended up being 2101 um that uh that was but some of the high scores of the the tournament uh, the qualifying evan lecousier with 25 24. wow right Massive. record next I... highest was was mitch davies 2353 and uh brian hurst past champion 2267 jordan shoes 2261 um but yeah that's 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 you know, give some credit here where it's due on Evans, you know, 25-24. That was just a unbelievable display of bowling. Just absolute bombs right there, guys. I, I was fortunate to play with him that day. He was on my same oh, set. So, nice. Um, it was it was incredible to watch. Uh, obviously, he was in such a, like I guess, God mode, you can say, right? He was just in his own. And I, I'll tell you right now, he didn't have anything to shoot for for spares. It was all strikes. Yeah. It was all right in the pocket, right? Um, and he was just – he was just uh, – He's in a really good mindset, which is really surprising. He hasn't played a whole lot, too, right? Um, yeah. But but you know, as a as a kind of a, he's big into sports and he's an athlete, so he's he's prepared for all that kind of stuff. But he went on a super good tear, and and I was super proud of him. And I thought maybe he might have that chance uh, for the perfect game money, but then Randy took it. You know, obviously a little bit later. <laughs> later right? on, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a huge set. Um, Adam, I, I believe you looked it up. Uh, was that was that the autumn open record? It, it is a new autumn open record. Um, awesome. I, I think the previous was uh, like 2018. Kevin Holsworth was 2496 or something similar. So um, now, now I think all uh, all of them are 2500 plus for for the four major events. So it's very very uh, cool to see it. Unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to see it live, uh, but uh, the, every account that uh, that of the people that were around him said he was just lights out. So. And at that score, you, you really have to be, right? I, yeah, well, I, look at that set. You're 352, 308, 308, 426. Yeah. So what's yeah. that for a four-game block right there? Well, I'm, I'm trying to look. I'm trying to look what – I don't even know what – 9, 12, 13. That's almost 1,400 for the four games. So let's put it this way. So um, Evan, um, Evan made doubles money. Obviously, he was with Brad on the first one. I made him with double So for the second one. Evan was so high up. And he played so well. Uh, Tyler had a twenty thirty, and he got third. Usually, yeah. that never happens for doubles money, right? No. And yeah, so he, he he got all the money for. Just depends who you are, but twenty thirty got him a got him a doubles paycheck. So yeah. which is huge. Um, any other guys in those top forties? Now, obviously, the the next one on the on Sunday morning. Uh, we can chat quickly. The Bakers on Friday night. Oh. Now that's always a fun event too. That uh, the four-player teams doing the Bakers. Um, you had a photographer out there taking taking some <laughs> yeah. shots that getting in people's way, but getting some content. <laughs> um, but that's always a fun event too, right? Baker style, no tap. You know, take turns, one player per frame, right? I'll, I'll uh, speak to that. It's a fun event if you're playing well, but not if you're uh, not if you're an anchor on the team that's just holding them down. I was absolutely aw- and I just wanted to play so bad, so I didn't have a spot. Um, and I mentioned I mentioned it to Mark Miller and a few other people, and I just said, "Hey, if anyone's looking for someone," and uh, Curtis Kaplan hurt his shoulder, shoulder. or his arm. And um, so 
I think Jennifer Marshall asked me if I was available. I said, yeah, I'd love to play, not because Curtis is hurt, but um, then about four frames in, I wish I could have just left because I, <laughs> my first six frames, I opened every frame. And, um, and, and it didn't get much better from then on. <laughs> but that is one of my favorite events. But uh, Tracy, Jennifer, and uh, Mark Johnstone probably finished one, two, or three if they have Ray Charles or Stevie Wonder on <laughs> <laughs> And to think you probably still played better than Kaplan would have. <laughs> oh, Adam. When is that guy going to retire from football? My God, he's always injured. But it's so oh, yeah. funny playing no tap, right? Because it's such a mental ease. Like, oh, I'm just going to do a pocket shot. It's it's so much easier than getting a strike, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. supposed to be. In the mind, yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, think, uh... I, I, I couldn't slide at, at all. So my, my knee was in really bad shape. So um, I, I was definitely a huge detriment to, to our team. But uh, so somehow we ended up making money. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> Adam and I had the same response. They called our name and we literally we just, started just laughing. burst out laughing. Yeah. We were atrocious. <laughs> That's the first time in a long time that I just I felt like and I'm, I'm used yeah. to like TPC and stuff where, you know, I, I don't get any sleep sort of for the weekend, but I definitely did not get a lot of sleep Thursday night. And like partway through that Friday night, like I started powering down. I have not been that tired in forever. And I, and I feel like most of us felt that way too. And then when you're not playing great either, the energy just wasn't there. And yeah, it would, that was a... That was a struggle of our bakers, and we still ended up making sixth spot. De Degrassi was terrible, I, also. So I don't know. Oh, thank, yeah. thank God for for God mode uh, Davies, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you guys, I, I'll tell you that probably was the worst pinfall I'm guessing for the whole weekend because the scores were horrible for a four player. I just remember we started two ten, two thirty, two thirty, two eighty. That's no tap. We had one good game and then a two other like 260 240 which you should be going so at game seven i went up and looked at the board thinking we'd be in about last and i think we're 50 points out of the money middle of the pack yeah. and we were yeah. we, we started with 690 like for our first three I, um weber's team was about 500 ahead of us like after three games, like it was just atrocious. The scores were terrible for a Baker. It, it was, you know, was there any, you know, big long runs? Because that is the sometimes you get the 400s, the, you know, 415s, 435s, you know, perfect game sometimes. Was there any of those in, in the Bakers? I uh, know looking perfect. at the scores right now, and I like there's some 380s, 390s. Like I was betting Holdsworth and Anseth, and we were winning money with 220s off them. And, uh, like, they were terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Throw down. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, good. It's still a fun event on the Friday night, um, or Saturday, Friday night, sorry, obviously. Um, and then, uh, so let's go to now the top 40 on Sunday morning. Actually, you know, but, but before we get to, the, sorry, DB, before we get to the 40s, we've yeah. we got to talk about the Saturday, or the, uh, Saturday afternoon shift as well. Because there was uh, there was definitely a few people yeah, yeah. late to, to to really get in, and uh, one that I, I'm personally extremely proud of was uh, Marcello. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and he 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 had a that that monster four two six in there at one point, 
And uh, the, the kind of right to, to what you were saying there, Dex, is it's the next game that that's always the trouble. And uh, you could definitely tell he was he was still pretty nervous and took him a little bit to, to, to get going. But uh, he, he needed, you know, two and a half to 260 that last game and uh, came came off and ended up uh, throwing a 270 make that cut uh, right next for, to Rich. 16. No, yeah. 316. Yeah, no, but he, he needed about the, the, the 270 or so oh, and right, just banged right, right. out, right, which was incredible. He, he threw um, the stone cold. Yes, he was good. And uh, to, to, to have, uh, obviously, Rich and Stacy and uh, Santino was, was down there as well, cheering him on and uh, just watching uh, both Santino's and Stacy's reaction to the to the whole thing was uh, was pretty incredible, too. It was awesome. I mean, it's got to be, it was his first 400. And, yeah. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better time to do it. But it's it's hard. It's hard to come down from that, especially your first one. You start having your like sixth, seventh, four hundred. It gets a little bit easier. But you know that uh, that first one is tough. And um, you go over, shake his hand. I'm like Marcello. You got to do one thing, and that's you got to go for a walk. Go for a walk. Get mm-hmm. away from here for a second. Regroup. Try to bring your heart rate down, and then go back out there. But it's it's really hard to do. And he will get better at doing that. But that kid was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he's one of the nicest kids ever. We've known him for so long. It's so cool to see people break through. And, like, there were a lot of, like, actually, like, semi-emotional, like, things this weekend for me because they're just seeing people that have worked so hard succeeding is amazing, you know? Dex, um, I, I second that, man. Like, I don't know Marcello all that well. I, he, uh, he drafted me at the Monday Night Toppler League, and he's just, I told his dad, Santino, I go, your son's just the nicest kid I've ever met. Like, he's sure just awesome. such a genuine good kid. I just love bowling with him. And and I'm sure he's now bowled with me three weeks, so he knows I'm a head case. And uh, <laughs> and I just remember one week, uh, Santino asked him how I bowled, and uh, he said Kerry was not in a good mood. And I don't even <laughs> remember being in a bad mood. <laughs> oh, shit, you do not know what's coming. <laughs> he, you know, he I, that was the most inspiring thing for me all weekend was watching Marcello bowl so well and – I didn't get to see him Saturday, but his dad was sending me updates and, and he called me after in tears and very emotional. And I was just so happy for for Stacy and Santino and uh, and Marcello especially. And then to watch him play on the, in the 40s and how good he was at 17 years old, you guys, I was just it was just fun to watch. Yeah, he yeah, played very it- well. It, it's so awesome, and I, I mean that that whole family. Obviously, the the Webbers have a history of being great bowlers, uh, but uh, you know, M- Michaela is phenomenal. Michaela has done so well um, in in the youth ranks, and she is so well known across the country that it's always kind of been that you know, uh, Marcello is Michaela's brother. Um, and, and that's, that's been the, the like little underlying joke that we've kind of ribbed him with for so long. And it's so nice to see him come out, succeed and do it all for himself and, uh, and make a name for himself. It's, it's just absolutely awesome. Yeah. It happened to a nicer kid. Absolutely. And it, it's a shame. Like he, he only missed, you know, the, the, the 16s cut by 45 yeah. and, and really, you know, struggled down the last three. Just, yeah. just taking a look at his scores. Like he, he shot about 670 
his uh, his last three games to to just barely fall short. He he was flying through the first five in that that forties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so, I I played with him in the forties. His adrenaline was just running. Oh yeah, yeah. he had a three ninety three in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his his adrenaline was just running. I was just trying to talk to him and just to get the the mental focus, the the heart rate down. Just you know, there's so many other things that that are a factor that when I know when I was 17, it, it was just a, it was a lot going on, right? And that, uh... experience experience comes back, and it honestly it's a hell of an experience for him, and you can't be nothing but proud for the kid. That um, 40s was quite the crazy experience. The last the last <laughs> game, there yes. was a ton of movement in the last game, and there was a lot of people there watching and seeing what was going on. And you know, I think three or four guys dropped out of the top 16, and obviously a few came in. But um, you know, he's a guy. That's what top forty cut line was 20, 20, 21, 20. And Tim, you threw a three forty six your last game to make the cut by five. Wow, Tim! I didn't even notice. Yeah, that was huge. I remember, yeah. Tim. You were the last guy on the lanes there playing. You played a little bit slower um, this weekend than you sometimes do, and just taking your time. Yeah. But in most of you were near the end uh, on that game, um, and obviously threw some huge clutch shots. I think five, six of bag or something like that at I, the end to, I, to make the cut. Yeah, I honestly, I was just, I had the in the mind, I had, you know, what, twenty-one forty would be nice, um, and then I was kind of struggling a little bit, and. Um, then I, you know, at one point I looked at it after the f- fourth frame, I was like, man, I just got to run it off the sheet and see where it goes, right? And then you, you throw the first one, second one, and I end up throwing seven bag or twelve count in order to, to finish in order wow. to make it. And I, and I was like, oh my god, I don't even know. If I'm gonna... I, I said, I told myself I didn't make it because you don't want to set yourself up for, <laughs> for a, yeah, sure. a thing like that. And then, uh, and then I found out it was sixteenth. I knew I was close. Well, right? the funny thing was. Is that Mitch Davies was just sort of obviously following yeah. him a little bit with the, the Saturday night investment thing, but there, the he dropped four spots and had a two fifty three and had you know a sixty pin lead on a bunch of guys, yeah. but there was huge games. Colton his last game three hundred nine three forty six right. There was Adam you shot a three twenty seven, Pat Ryan shot a three thirty his last game right. There was some it, there's some big numbers there. It was absolutely insane. I've I've yeah. never seen. Well, it's been a long time since I've seen the cut number go up in the last last game. Yeah. Yeah. You're always expecting, you know, three, four, five people to struggle a little bit in the last game, and it drops down a little. And you see one or two people throw some big games that go up there. I feel I've I felt so good for so many people, and I felt bad for some people. Yeah. I mean, ba- Bailey Bailey was tied. Um, Bailey was tied for 16th going into the last game, and then he shoots. 289. 289. Yeah, 289. 289. Yeah. And which, you know, you would think that that, that should be good. Would you know, hold, some, some would come down and some would go up, and that would be, be good. And then, but you see people like Tim throwing that big finish. I've never seen so many clutch finishes in a 40 ever. Colton sat there, he yes. threw a five bagger to finish to come back and, and move up. Um, well, he had two games. Two, Colton had 324, 309, and he was loud, and it was yeah. fired yeah. up. And, right? and yeah. he, but he knew he needed that little three in the final game, and yeah. and it came down to the last three frames, and he ran it off the sheets again. Yeah, huge. Another one that did, and like another young kid that just no fear and just, just mm-hmm. did it. And yeah, well, yes, I, I feel bad for Bailey because he he was heartbroken. It's It's hard to be 17th. But at least he didn't do it by laying an egg. He yeah. went out there, yeah. he threw the game yeah. he needed to shoot, and the cookie just didn't kind of crumble that way this time. And well, it's not well, often man, it falls that way. 
and Adam, you shot three twenty-seven the last game to make it by twenty-eight, and you would have known yeah. that you needed a needed them all. Uh, yeah, you needed a you needed a three to to shoot twenty-one twenty and see what happens there. Well, and that Pat, you guys keep in mind that it it's like literally one frame between me at sixth. Yeah, and and all the way down to oh jeez, um, yeah. like you guys, I. I was one frame away from not making it. I yeah. I had four <laughs> marks in a row. I'd been rolling all day and I never got in plow trouble. And I think I'm in, then I plow five, six, and seven, and I'm heated. Like I'm going, okay, now I, I gotta finish. I think I open eight or pitch spare. I go strike nine, strike ten, strike eleven. But if I plow ten, I miss by like five points. Like I'm yeah. one ball. Yeah. For, and I finished sixth. So, like, yeah. Dennis Zacher, who finished 18th, had a 280 as last. Yes, week. he did. Because you exactly. guys were all, yeah, there was a few of you down at the far end. I remember watching Dennis, yeah. Pat, I want to say Adam, you were in yeah, that we, group. We, we, we were all in 3 4 to, to finish. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, kind, of, kind of take that back to, to, to Mitch there as well. Uh, yeah. he, he told me that uh, both him and Greg both banged out 10. Yeah. And, and probably didn't even know that they had to yeah, bang out 10. They, they probably thought their 260s were good. Yeah, 208. Right? And, and yeah. Again, they're, they're one ball from being 18th. Yeah. <laughs> out of all the years Crazy. I've ever played Autumn Open, I don't think that's ever been that close. No. Um, I don't I don't know if... I don't know if you guys can attest, but I I don't look at the scores in the 16s. For some reason, I don't. I'm, I'm a score watcher, but um, I didn't have to look in the 16s because if you, for a lot of you guys out there, usually the 40 cut is the same as the 16 cut. For some reason, pretty usually close. jumps just a little bit. Yeah, so like 10, 10 pins. So <laughs> honestly, in your head, you already have a number in your head if you yeah. if you played it enough. So I I just. I don't know if Adam or Kerry or, or Dex had that in their head, but it just I, I didn't bother even bother looking at the stats. I probably would have probably played maybe a little bit differently if I did, right? Because I started looking at people instead of just worrying about the number. You guys, I don't have the experience of you guys uh, making the cuts and no, I hadn't made the 16s before. I'd made the 40s and not made. I think the last time I made the 40s at Toppler was a long time ago, and I think I finished 40th. And um, I Gumbach called me the night before the morning and said, Kerry, it'll go up about 30 points. He goes, shoot for 22, but if you shoot 2150, you should be all right. And uh, and I so I just kind of I was shooting for 2200. I don't think I looked at the board the whole time, but then the eighth game i started asking people what's the cut gonna be what's the cut gonna be yeah. what's the, and so then i see so you're I, basically scoreboard watching yeah yeah <laughs> I, and then i'm shooting for a number and then you just uh, like for me i i just got tighter i wouldn't have plowed three in a row if i if i wasn't tight and um that that's i don't i didn't look at the board but i was asking the score to shoot so it's almost the same thing yeah yeah, yeah. My my forties my were were really weird. I, I was just playing like super consistent. I, I couldn't get anything running, right? So I, I knew I was right around you know two fifty, two sixty the the whole time. I knew at some point I was going to have to have a breakout because I had a, a small one in there too. Uh, but game eight, I actually did look at the board, which I, I typically don't. Uh, again, you, you kind of know the number that you're kind of striving to get to, uh, but I also kind of wanted to see kind of what was around there. And uh, going into the final game, I, I knew I needed at least like a baby three. Uh, but when I did take a look at it, I'm like, 
man, you, you need like three thirty. So and uh, again, you start you start striving, you start you know going, and ended up you know getting there. And Pat Pat Ryan was on fire as well. So so he was he was getting pretty pumped up. So it was easy to to kind of follow a guy like that on your set as well. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I started out I started out well. For I mean, it helps you start off the set yeah. with three thirty five and then two ninety five. And honestly, I just I just, just kept throwing balls. I, I didn't straight. bother looking at all because. I just didn't throw yeah. anything bad after that. Yeah. My, my last game was the worst game at 248, and I was still shooting 20, 2300. So I never really looked because it didn't really factor no. in at all. But um, I was looking a lot for other people, looking for Bailey, looking for Colton because they were on the set. And, uh, yeah, and looking for Tim, seeing where he was. And, yeah, um, there was a lot of scoreboard watching for other people for sure because it was super fun watching it was yeah. i hate watching bowling i hate it and it was so exciting you know what i i, I noticed saying that too is that i was sitting with the guys that's playing the one call my shift and i just said i absolutely love watching bowling it's one of my favorite sports to watch and the guys were just throwing bombs i can't remember who it was but just you're in the pit in 20 strikes and just boom boom it was just it was so sexy to watch <laughs> uh, and I, I said it. I said this. I'm in, I'm in love with this. This this makes me so happy to sit here and to watch guys throwing strikes. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. It was fun for me because I hadn't been in that situation in a long time, and I forgot how loud. Like because the really wasn't loud up until that point, and Colton was the one that I could really hear. And there were others, but every time Colton struck, I knew, and I was like eight lanes away. And yeah. uh, but I just found the atmosphere fun. Like it, I had no idea what he had or what he needed or anything like that. But I was like, that makes bowling fun when you're getting that kind of energy. Yeah, it was weird feeling uh, competitive after 18 months of not yes. playing. Yeah. But look, right? seeing the, the, the fire, though, there, you know, Bradley Tickat was another one that was really getting fired up. You know, it, it was mm-hmm. just awesome to see. And just in his own, yeah, right? Like, you just, you really saw it. Uh, exciting to watch. But let's put some um, attention to the perfect game, Randy Main. Absolutely. In yeah. those 40 qualifying shift. Um, you know, not a whole lot known. Randy, I haven't seen him in a lot of tournaments. I think we are he's BC now, is he? Yeah, yeah, he's in his yeah. yeah, Ontario. He's playing out of Abbotsford now. Yeah, yeah, but amazing to watch him throw. Absolutely. You know, a perfect game. Obviously, a lot at stake. But um, you know, unique, tall left-hander that, that throws a ball. But just what they were just great shots, weren't they? To watch him throw a perfect game in that um, in the forties and get to walk away with nine thousand dollars. Yeah, amazing, yeah. absolutely yeah. amazing. There was uh, the I don't know. It, it was so much fun. The forties were so great. I like just seeing Randy shoot the perfect game. Um, sh- I I want to shout out some people that I'm honestly super proud of. Um, Carter Stretch. I said before that he was he was my dark horse to make the cut, and he did. Uh, that guy has put in so much work and so much effort, and uh, it's awesome seeing that stuff pay off. Like I said, it was so cool seeing people succeed that have worked so hard for it for so long um my buddy ryan o'callahan as much as he's uh, a pain in the ass (laughs) he told me before (laughs) before this season that uh you know if he doesn't make a cut this year he's probably done and uh on the ride home because i got to drive him back to red deer i told him i 
guess that means you have to play next year. And he's like, <laughs> shit, I did say that. Uh, yeah. So, but that guy's worked so hard. He's so good for the game. Super passionate. Super proud of him doing it. It was awesome. He was getting loud too. He it was. was, it was yeah, he into it. It was so neat seeing yeah. him fired up. And honestly, like I said, there was a few emotional moments. Like it was super cool for me just watching Colton play. I, I, I hadn't met him before the weekend, but I watched him play earlier in the weekend. I faced him in the, in the doubles. He was, he's a super positive, super friendly, super respectful person. Um, and it, I was excited to play with him because he brought a lot of, a lot of positive energy, very little negative, if any negative energy while playing with him. So being on a set with the forties was great and being able to stand behind him and, and watch him throw that five bagger to finish was really cool. So it was really cool. Let, let's talk about that. I, I, I thought it's, I always said that uh, Winnipeg has a, a lot of people that come out and support, but holy, do they bring a fan crowd with them? You know, they, <laughs> they do. They, yeah. Yeah, you, you go to Regina and you, and you hear it and you, you go to now all these other places and they have their own uh, fan club. Quite something. I was tr- trying to tell Carrie they should do the whiteout towels for them, for the WCBT, because <laughs> they probably make a mint off it. <laughs> the, the Manitoba bowlers have been some of my favorite bowlers. I know a lot of the Winnipeg people since my whole career back when I used to bowl a lot in my 20s. I just love the Winnipeg people. They're so passionate. They're some of the greatest bowlers in Canada and uh, that Colton was really fun to watch and he's a good kid. And um, I got to play him. I think it was the second match when he killed me, uh, but they're cheering, they were cheering him on and it was, uh, it was fun. Uh, so I just wanted to say one more thing about Randy's perfect game. Um, I got to bowl with them that during the forties there. And I, I know he was struggling Um his first five games were pretty tough. So I, I think he just started rolling and I had no idea that he would, and I was bowling right. But so when he was up, I was always on the other lane and we're crossing over and uh, all of a sudden he throws a strike in nine and like, there was a pretty big roar. And, um, oh, first I thought maybe they were cheering cause I spared a corner. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was for Randy's uh, ninth strike, and I was like, wow. And so um, he was just so calm, so composed, and his three strikes and ten were great. Uh, and then the twelfth one couldn't have been better with the corner falling. <laughs> like, it was just awesome. And he, he's such – I don't know him all that well, but such a good guy. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. And, and I think that's a, that's a great lesson for people too. Like, no matter how hard the game is – or how hard it is that day, just never stop trying because you don't know when it's going to click in. And, and I'm not sure why is. he was still standing, though, at the end of the night Sunday. I think that would be a opportunity. True enough. Yeah. He, oh, because he didn't get the check yet, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a few more of the guys that didn't make that. Obviously, Gino Zebarth, um, you know, made the 40s, had an opportunity to make the cut. Uh, he was one of those ones in the mix in that eighth game that fell out of the top spots. He was he was fighting in there, trying to get in there, um, faltered maybe a little bit there at the end, but would have been a nice nice story for him to make the 16s. Um, you know who else? Brad Wilton, Brian Hurst didn't make it. Danny Bear would have been cool from you know Saskatchewan as well. You know Tyson Nelson was a guy that I played with in qualifying and was actually really cool to watch him through some big big games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, gave him a ride one day and got to know Tyson a little bit. Um, 
know, Jen Baker didn't as the only female. Shout out there to, to Jen for the only female making the cut 40s, but didn't quite uh, have it going in the, on the sun on the Sunday. Um, Michael West, not a strong one. Lonnie Akers, one that you'd see as well, but didn't as well have it going on the Sunday as well, right? Dwayne I, I think Lonnie had an injury. I'm not exactly okay. sure. Usually yeah. with him, it's a brain oh. injury, but... He pulled his groin. Yeah, he pulled yeah. his groin. Oh, he, yeah. went to, he went to go buy a lotto in the morning or, or uh, uh, a sports select in the morning. He left early. He had lots of time. Went and got a sports select. But it took way too long in there. It took him like 15, 20 minutes there. So we ended up having to rush to the lane to get in there. Only had a couple of warm-up balls. And like his first couple of balls, he just went through really quick. Didn't, didn't stretch or anything and popped a groin. So, uh, Oh, yeah. darn. Wow. Yeah. What's the stretching you're talking about? <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. It's funny that two PA, PA guys pulled a groin. Leonard had an injury. Lonnie yes. had an injury. I, did anyone see them Saturday night? What were they up to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's funny because a bowl was landing in the forties, and he said he didn't see Tracy all night. So I'm, <laughs> that, that, we got some real questions for Lenny. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go. Let's go to their sixteens now, guys. We're we're getting to the cream of the crop here. You guys said um, you know quite a show that you put on the sixteens and. First game out of them, well, some of you, you know, some in good ways and some in the other ways, right, Dex? Uh, but let's true. say, but, but first game, um, Kerry Snyder, 393 versus Kerry Kreitz's 359. How about that boom out of the gate? And of course, keep in mind, you get the bonus 50 points as well. That game must have just been unbelievable. All strikes. It was pretty fun. Um, you never know. It's the start of the tournament. I, I'll tell you, in warm-up, I feel like my last 10 warm-up balls at the head pin were all strikes. Um, so I just felt really good. And then we did the coin toss. Kerry bowled the first frame. He struck. Then I threw a double. Then he threw a double. Then I threw a double. Then he threw a double. Then I threw a double. I know it was – I ended running running eight-bagger from the gun. I think he went five bagger, 12 spare, 12 spare. Um, and, and then I, I don't, I cor I threw a pretty good ball in nine for a corner. And I don't remember how I finished for 393, but I knew I had to win after that. And it was incredible. And I, I, that got me off and rolling because I felt really comfortable. Although I really had one of my worst games the next game, but not, found it after that but Kreitz was throwing bombs all weekend yes. and I remember Friday morning after three games Leonard came up to me and said Kerry Kreitz is my odds on favorite to win the tournament he's throwing bombs and uh and I didn't get me and him were nowhere near each other the whole weekend we were just on opposite lane draws and uh so I didn't get to see him throw many shots but when I did it was bomb after bomb yeah. after bomb. Let's mm -hmm. let's talk to Kerry a bit here and give him uh, you know a ton of kudos because you're right. He did play the Thursday night, the doubles, won it through bombs, yeah. right? It was really good in his qualifying shift, super steady on Sunday morning. And you're right, he did just throw absolute bombs. And in amongst all the other stuff that's going on, you know, side action and live streams and cameras. And yes. I was asking him to help set up with the, the commentary, but trying not to bug him, but yet 
you know, and here you're shooting 353, which what turns out, Carrie, is that that was the difference of the tournament was yeah. the 50 bonus points that you would have won from that match, right? Or, that, or you know, 45 talk. points and you beat him the points. But it's just, yeah, he had an, a phenomenal weekend like no others had aside from taking top spot. Let's be honest, right? He, that was, well, that he was averaged the most out of the 16s. Like he averaged 290. I just happened to get a few more wins than him. And like you said, when you break it down after that first game, we Carrie and I spoke briefly after the tournament and that first game really made the difference. And, and I remember I felt bad for Carrie because he then went on to play Adam and Adam <laughs> started game two with a five six bagger. bagger. Yeah. Six bagger. Yeah. And yeah. so, so Carrie Christ comes up against 390, 320. He's got 700 shot and Carrie shot his games were three, six, 359 and 286. Yeah. And he's got two losses out of the gate. Yep. Thanks, Adam. He had, a, he had a heck of a weekend. And super happy for him to do that. Um, you know, he puts in so much time and effort that you sometimes yeah. question, why am I doing it all? And especially if you're not maybe bowling so well. But um, glad that he bowled so well so that he can continue to do all the work that he does with this. Because now, obviously, that's what works, right? <laughs> I think that 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 was kind of one of his big detriments. So over the last you know, almost decade, right? He was so focused on, on getting everything working here that uh, I, I just don't think his mind was always focused. And you definitely see it starting to come around the last couple of years or so. And he, he's really getting like amped and pumped to get yeah. back into it. And I, I've never seen him this driven personally. So um, to, to to see the the result that, that he had as well was was phenomenal. And like. Everybody's been saying he he threw nothing but bombs all weekend. Yeah. It was it was fun to watch. And the side stuff is starting to work itself out that everybody exactly. chips in and helps with that, right? You know, yes. the yeah. Dexter, you're on the side. Julie's amazing, absolutely mm -hmm. amazing to be mm -hmm. there all weekend. You know, Johnny Eisenhower. Um, you know, there was enough guys that were helping throughout the weekend that you know the setup was okay and it was running smooth and and wasn't yeah. a lot. But those guys, I mean, certainly Johnny, I know, has put a lot of time into every day first thing there today so good on them for, for putting on all the effort um but yeah going on more into the 16s guys what dexter unfortunately you didn't have a great 16s you went 0 and 6 to begin with um yeah. a little bit of a struggle uh and sort of didn't really climb out of that hole i guess to say but um, honestly it's so weird it's so weird how momentum changes throughout a day and like earlier in the day everything felt good and it was it was all right and I just, I just couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything that seemed to work. Line changes didn't work. Ball changes didn't work. It just seemed like pocket was no good anymore. And, you know, touch high was chops. And I had no getaways. I had to be absolutely perfect. And even then, it still didn't seem like, even if I was perfect, it was still kind of a crapshoot. And I just... I uh, I just couldn't I couldn't put it together I couldn't I couldn't find something that would consistently work, and even when I was in position to win games, I would find a way to lose or they would find a way to win, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah it was uh it was a struggle of a it was a struggle of a 16s it wasn't it wasn't a whole lot of fun but uh, found ways to have fun anyways because at the end of the day. It's a game, and I need to enjoy it if I'm going to be there. But, yeah. uh, no, anything anything that you could take out of that from a learning experience of of the 16s, just you know, adjust or just it just that's what happened. There's not much you can do about it, and you'll, you'll be back. Yeah, and in all honesty, it's not like I ever stopped trying. Um, I, I kept I kept trying to figure out something along the way, but yeah. it just it just wasn't there. Um, no, nah, I, I don't think I there isn't a whole lot that I would 
ultimately change. It's just uh, maybe maybe a little more sleep on the weekend and maybe maybe a little bit more food throughout the day because my energy levels were definitely low. It's it's taken a little bit to get back into those uh, those long days again. So that right. that could be a big factor in it for sure. Now, Adam, I know that you, um, you know, obviously solid finish at 10th overall, but probably fell short, like you had mentioned, uh, of your personal goals. You sort of struggled as well through 10 games. You know, you're only two wins out of 10 or three wins out of 12. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, just didn't get the wins added up for you on, on Sunday afternoon. It was definitely part of the problem, but uh, uh, I think it kind of came down to, to a little bit of sharpness as well. Uh, I was definitely, you know, giving games away or at least giving opportunities away. And then, um, you know, my opponents were, were finishing the games like they're, they're supposed to, right? So um, I, I didn't play bad all weekend, like I, or the, the 16s. I think I shot just under 270, but uh, just no wins. Uh, I was really battling the, uh, the, the, the knee uh, pretty much all weekend, uh, but uh, enough to, to get through, you know, the 23 games there. Um, but uh, overall, I, I, I'm okay with the result, but uh, I, I really got to get sharp. I was missing corners all over the place, and um, I was really stubborn in changing like a slider heel combination. And uh, so I, I was definitely a little bit heavier when I was out there, um, but uh, I was just way, way too stubborn. Finally changed about five games to go and, uh, you know, fin finished really strong. Should have started that way. Right. Uh, and Tim, uh, yourself there, you know, very respectable sixth place. It's not like you started off with the, you know, five in a row. You kind of grinded into a couple wins, you know, three for three. And then you sort of went on a bit of a run, um, but sort of, you know, got, you know, eight out of 15 wins. Um, but, you know, sixth place is very solid, averaging 270 on Sunday afternoon for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I was pretty, pretty happy with it considering everything. Um, if you look at my games, I was pretty – I didn't shoot much high or much low, right? It was pretty, pretty much, you know, average 270 for a reason right across it. But uh, I wasn't like, as Adam, I wasn't entirely sharp. I, I, I threw a double and then I, I ripped a, I ripped a three pin out or something like that. So um, concerning how I played, I'm very happy with how I finished. And yeah. other than carry and uh, lens match, I, I had a chance in 10 or if, whether it was a double chop or something like that, most, most games I had a chance in 10. Um, it really, um, it really sucked losing the Len because he only had one leg, and he made sure yeah. he told me about it. And Kerry <laughs> saw it. He's, the, the little fucker shot like six bagger from the gun with me, and he and he laughed every single minute of it. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> other than that, um, I I did beat Dexter and Adam, so everybody on podcast can tell you that um, I beat Dexter and Adam. So finally put that <laughs> on my bucket list. I can retire now. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, <laughs> but yes, Len Anseth was injured and kind of hobbling, not his normal self. But I know that I think after a couple of games, someone made the comment that he doesn't want to drop out because then it's not fair because you've already 50 points and the right. wins and all. So he did as good as he can. Honestly, he did fine. You know, won six games, obviously not what he would have wanted to be done, but uh, respectable and put up a match and made people play. You know, 203 or 3D3s, he had a 260, 240, 250, 270. So it's not like he just handed it over to guys. The guys still had to play. Right, so good on him there. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to, uh, to to my brother as well. Um, yeah, he, he he played super solid all weekend as well. I've, I've never yeah. seen him play that consistent, 
uh, for an entire weekend uh, because he he does have kind of his bit of a roller coaster, right? But uh, he 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 played extremely well. Um, they, he he's one of those guys that makes the 16s more than anybody would necessarily oh really think. Um, but he he's probably made more 16s than well, I don't know. He, he he's probably close to me to be honest, right? Yeah. Uh, so the the. I, I've never seen him that consistent, so I, I did want to give a shout out to him as well. Yeah. And he beat me again in sixteens, like always. I feel like he actually had like more lift. I didn't hear him hit the hit the foul line nearly as often. There's no foul line. I didn't hear him hit the hear him hit the synthetic. The whole thing's synthetic. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. What do you get in that Weber? He's always around in the sixteens. It seems you like. know always. Yeah. Smooth the, like butter. Yeah, the, the, as, the, my, the, as my mom once said. The, the, the best be part drinking. was when um, Mark Mark Miller announced Adam as Rich's brother. Right, that's all. <laughs> yeah. I that was great. Yeah. You know, some of the good. other guys um, too. You know, huge tournaments. Bradley Titgat, he sure got mm-hmm. fired up and was throwing some big games and almost got himself clawing back in there. Um, you know, Evan Lacusier didn't have a good finish in the 16s. You know, Mitch Davies, Greg uh, DeGrazia, guys that you just, when they were there, they're going to be gamers and into playing. So they're, you know, Mitch's first taste of Calgary, right, playing here. Um, hopefully, obviously, enjoyed it. Sylvain Bercier, great to see from Quebec, finishing Absolutely. fifth overall. Uh, Mark Miller, obviously the uh, proprietor uh, of the lanes, finishing in 12th. So, I mean, this was a, this was a star-studded stacked 16s for sure. It was very good. And I, I gotta say, it was awesome seeing Pat Ryan play as good as he oh, did. Yeah. I don't think I've seen yeah. a guy that excited and that enthusiastic and just over the moon happy about playing in a finals. Um, it was another really good feel good moment there too. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he could have, right? yeah. yeah, he he could have finished sixteenth and would have been smiling the whole time. One hundred percent. He was so happy with his own ball and then yeah, yeah. I, I was right proud of him so. too. Now, for you, Snyder, as the day progresses on the Sunday afternoon, what's the mentality and what's the mojo? I mean, you know, I, I heard Danny Gombach at one point, you can touch there, is that he said, just got to stay social, got to stay social, right? And you, were, mm-hmm. you weren't one that would sit and just sort of in your own little area. You were, you know, a wanderer, right? Was that something mentally that you obviously made sure that you were kept on doing? Um, but tell us how your day went along uh, on Sunday afternoon. Well, it almost ended in the... Sunday morning in games like one, two, and th- by game frame three of game one Sunday morning, I couldn't even walk. I took two a leave, and uh, and then the approaches were so heavy, my left thigh just in warm up it started getting worse and worse. And then frame three, I walked over to Len. I go, I I might have to pull out. I can't finish. I'd already had two a leave, so an hour later I took two more a leave. And that's when I walked up to you, Adam, and asked for some of that K tape. I'd never even heard of it. And, uh, but I was bowling good. I don't remember what I shot on those first couple of games on. I shot um, 311, 230, 307, and I could barely walk and I was in pain. And I had the K tape. I didn't know how to put it on and I was bowling good. So I just put the K tape in my pocket. Um, and then I think the Aleve kicked in. Uh, I know I, I told my uh, mom and dad Saturday night, I said, please pray for me because I'm in some pain and I want to be able to last. So they, they said they did. And so between the leave, the prayers, and uh, I all of a sudden the pain went away. And um, after the 
after I found out I made the 16s, I drove because I, I also promised my family I would be there for Thanksgiving supper Sunday night because I said there's no chance I'll make the 16s. <laughs> and I, I told them I probably won't make the 40s, but I might be able to. But I said there's a really slim chance. These are the best bowlers. For me to make the 16s would be a stretch. And so then after I made it, I just, instead of calling them, I drove, you had the break. I drove there to visit with them and I was hobbling and I put that K tape on and uh, just had spent some time with my family. But then I felt great. And I come back to the bowling alley and I was, I just felt mentally prepared. I was, I had zero nerves. I had very little pain and I just knew I couldn't sit down because I would every time I sat down three times in those 15 games and I had a hard time getting up every time. So I just paced and paced and paced and really wasn't paying attention. I was just taking it in and really happy to be there. But I just felt really confident. And I really I just uh, Dave Pankoff text me ride the wave and I was just riding the wave. I just never got too high, never got too low. Um, kind of figured out my corner spares like instead of sparing 25 percent of them i maybe in the final 15 games maybe spared 70 percent of them which was a huge uh, mm -hmm. a, a huge um change but i was hitting and i was striking and i was getting away with murder like i would i knew when it was a strike right out of my hand but you there did was you had the point yeah, I just knew, but there was a lot of times I'm like, that's not very good. Strike, thin left, thin right. And I I sure tried not to show it. I didn't want people to know that I was getting lucky, but I was like, those aren't good balls and they're strikes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's, and now I threw a ton of good shots and key shots and strikes that I loved, but I just was never nervous. And um, it doesn't, it, when you start out like I did in game one, like I, I didn't have to press. I had a bad game two, but then I think I came back with a good game three. And then I just started winning matches. And uh, I, I put a lot of heat on people. Like there were, there was a lot of games where I finished and I always let the other person go first. I won almost every coin toss and later on some people that were out of it didn't care. So I asked them to go first. And I, I banged out a lot and forced people to either get a spare or strike and, or something. And other than Sylvan, I put a bit of heat in Sylvan and he, he beat me in the 10th. And that, I only lost four games. Three of them I played bad that I lost and one so I played all right and Sylvan beat me. Uh, but every other game I, I won and I, I, uh, I had, well, two of the guys on this podcast let me, uh, I got away with murder. Like Adam should have yeah. never lost to me. I game nine, I shoot 291. Adam shoots 288. If I remember correctly, he's on a strike in nine. He absolutely throws a perfect bomb in 10, gets absolutely murder tapped, and then he flashed the corner. I might, he must have been watching my spare game all week. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was bad all week too, brother. And so I get away with murder there. And then I think it was you, Dax, later on. Um, 
I banged out, you need like spare hit. You're on a strike in nine and you, you let me off the hook. You opened and uh, you, you just get some, you need breaks to win. You need luck. And I got, I had, I was just fortunate, (laughs) like the stars aligned and uh, things broke my way. And um, like, there's a, there's, Probably. You were ten and two. You know, for, after twelve, you were ten and two, and probably had a solid two hundred pin lead. There was yeah. a point there. I mean, that was a couple games ago. I remember counting two hundred and fifty pins, and the guys they chased you down. There was a couple of them yeah. that were trying. Well, uh, Bradley Tiggett yeah. averaged games eleven through fourteen. He averaged yeah. three thirty eight or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Kerry Kreitz was on fire all weekend. He shot nine hundred his last three. Um, Colton was awesome. Tim was awesome. Tim made a come and and what Sylvan was just rock solid. He didn't yeah, throw yeah. any big games, but I he was maybe the most solid guy out of everyone. Terry mm-hmm. Kreitz probably and and you know I just I I hit lots. I spared all my chops in twelves. I just uh, I had a few dumb moments, but uh, <laughs> I want to tell a couple stories. So this is to to just um, show how much of a head case I am. Obviously, most of us haven't bowled forever. I bowl first week at Toppler, and I shoot, I've got my name in the autumn open. I shoot 880 for four. I I don't even have my shoes off, and I'm messaging Mark Miller, take me out of the autumn (laughs) open. I'm not bowling. And uh, and he said, okay, no problem. Didn't ask any questions. So as of week one, I'm not playing. And then week two bowling, I shoot like 1180 for four and I don't have my shoes off. I'm messaging Mark Miller. Can I get a spot in the <laughs> Friday morning shift? So like I, there was a part of me that, well, I also thought COVID was going to shut it down. So that was fortunate. So that, there's one funny story. And then um, second story I want to tell is the WCBT tour membership. Um, I, I, um, Thursday night, I went out with, uh, Santino Gumbach and Mark Smitty, uh, Jennifer's husband. And we, uh, we just watched the football game and my plan was to stop and get money for the autumn open. And I forgot, um, Leonard messaged me that night. Can I pick him up for the hotel from the hotel Friday morning? And, uh, take him to the bowling alley tracy wants the car so i said sure no problem and um but i'm driving down from my place 14th street and then 16th ave i'm going i'm gonna pass a cibc it's like a 20 minute drive and i'm too cheap to stop at any other bank for the three (laughs) dollar fee so i drive the 20 minutes don't see a cibc pick up leonard i go oh there's a cibc right by the bowling alley so we go to that one park in the back Chris Hislop is coming out going, the door's locked. Yeah, you can't get in. And I'm going, oh, no, I have no money. I have zero. I have $20 on me. And and I know the bowling alley said you have to have cash for everything. So um, Leonard said, listen, I got $1,000. I'll give you 300 to pay for your tournament and side pots. And so I, I hadn't thought about the WCBT tour, but if I had my own money, I would have entered for sure. And then um, 
we start warming up and they announce it a few times and I, I don't have huge expectations. So I'm not really where I wasn't about to go ask someone for a hundred dollars. And uh, I'm sure I could have walked up to Carrie and say, put me down and I'll after I'll get a hundred bucks and give it to you. Or I could have asked a bowler for a hundred bucks, but I didn't. Or, or spent the $2 admin. Exactly. Right. And then five minutes before the tournament started, Leonard walked up to me and said, do you want a hundred bucks to, for a membership? And I said, nah, it's okay. Uh, and then all weekend I'm telling Carrie Kreitz, I put a hundred bucks on the table. Oh, Didn't oh, you oh, find oh. it? pretty funny we have a group chat for the wcbt board and stuff and and jen wasn't there obviously and she's like uh carrie says that he put in his membership uh what's uh what's going on with that guys <laughs> i laughed <laughs> i laughed it's it's one of those things but you know what like you, you can't do? go back and change it or worry yeah. about it because you know what? Who knows what what would have happened if you did put yeah, it? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you start thinking yeah. about those things instead? So who knows? Whatever. Exactly. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. It just is what it is, and I I can't complain about anything. I'm pretty fortunate. Um, I, a few of my good buddies, like Leonard said, I'm the biggest upset of all time. So, uh, <laughs> um, though, and I agree. Like uh, I I'll tell you. Saturday night, I went home early and I was, I ended up watching a couple episodes of The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. You guys, I'm sure have all seen it. And I was just listening to, well, Jordan telling stories about um, what would get him fired up and just a lot of um, the great players just talking about their mental preparation and different things. And I go, I, I just took a lot from that. And then when I came in Sunday morning, um, I just had nothing to lose. I'd made, to me, making the 16s was all, like I'd already accomplished what I wanted to do. And I'm older now. I wasn't going to let my emotions get the better of me. I just wanted to put in a good performance. And I wasn't, I got out of the gates good. And then I just never got nervous until I didn't, I watched the scoreboard, but it just, I was just never nervous. And then game 15, I, I go strike, strike, head pin through the hole, through the hole mm-hmm. and panic just came over me. I'd never all weekend other than frame one, I knew where the ball was going. I, I couldn't believe I put it through the hole twice and I'm going, this is not going to go good. I'm like gonna blow this. And the first shred of doubt came game 15, frame three. I go, I counted five and I was a mess. I was walking back and forth. I'm checking every scoreboard and every person's score. And what Kerry Kreitz is throwing bombs. Thank God Rich Weber's beside me. Started out good against Bradley Tiggett. Bradley Tiggett just had a huge game and he just he just had a bad game, game fifteen. If he shoots 251, I think he wins the tournament. Um, yeah. And and Kerry Kreitz had was on fire. I ended up still throwing another double on four and five and then plowing six. So I double plow, double plow, and I had about 118 after after six. And Kerry Kreitz is on about a 50 bagger. 
and I'm going, well, I'm in trouble. Like I can't, and Danny Gumbach's going, Carrie, it's mathematically impossible. For we you. were, yeah, I was behind yeah. you too and calculating yeah. it was 250 yeah. and the numbers and this and this. And I was like, you needed a one, whatever the number was. It's like, you're fine. Yeah. And I remember it, you like, threw a strike or something in eight and you could just see the absolute exhilaration. Yeah. Just, everything was just, oh. that's when it was that Daryl, that was it. And eight, I, I threw a strike and I, then I knew. You knew. It was actually yeah. over, and uh, and Mark Miller, by the way, I was playing the last game, and he was so gracious. He's trying to. I didn't really understand or know why, but he wanted me to be the last bowler up. And I remember him saying, "Geez, Weber just can't go any slower," and I'm, I'm trying to drag it on so you can get your moment, but Weber won't let you have it. <laughs> I was like third or fourth last that game i was bowling with Dench. <laughs> sure we were sure yeah, yeah. We were i don't know Dang, Dang shot like 150 or uh, no i shot i shot 208 and weber no screw you we were quick and we were we were definitely we last late. and you and you were so <laughs> slow but you were but i had to finish the game and you sat there and he's like huh you're gonna be the last one up there is what you said to me <laughs> yeah, i did <laughs> yeah. so you uh, can't sit there and say we weren't because we were <laughs> So and it was a big game. I I needed to beat Mitch for fifty bucks, so I take an extra fifty dollars out of Mitch's pocket. Yeah, well, that's, that, that's worth the tournament for. Me. Uh, understandable. Yeah. Um, so I, I do have a couple things for Kerry. One, um, I think Kerry's the first winner to not be a, a tour member. So I mean, you have that's that. Great. You have great. that. No, no problem. <laughs> no, really, I feel honored. <laughs> uh, but um, two, Lenny came up to me and he's like, "I really have some stuff to say to Schneider. Should I say it?" And I was like, "No." He's like, "But I, but I'm an asshole." I was like, "I know, but he's playing well. Why don't you just leave him alone?" He's like, "Okay, thanks for talking to me, not doing it." And then uh, <laughs> that's, he did uh, do it, by the oh, way. Oh, did he? <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> of course he yeah. did. <laughs> and and three, I out of out. I don't know. I just noticed these things. You are still wearing uh, bowling shoes with two sliders on them. Like you're, you have the average turbo sh two shoes. Everybody has their own, <laughs> uh, has their own shoes and stuff like that. And I was like, man, I hope you win so you can buy some real shoes. I don't even know where I got those shoes. Who's yeah. shoes? They're, they're a size too big for me. I bought them used <laughs> off someone in a bowling alley. And I, I have no idea what so, my, I, I don't even know what brand they are. They're, they're Dexter Turbo 2s. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I bought them off. I I lost a pair of shoes or they were stolen. And uh, so I just bought a used pair from, I think, someone in Regina. And I, I don't even know where I got them. And, um, and they, yeah, I didn't even know they had two sliders. But the, what, the left slider sucks because my left thigh really hurts. <laughs> That's all I was thinking about. Yeah. That really okay. explains the whole ATM thing. <laughs> that's, oh, that's oh i am God. not a cheap yeah. guy it's just certain things yeah. but i'm not like i i think most of your friends would say i would pay for anything anytime but i guess bowling shoes and drink charges aren't my thing I, so i also have to say like i i love seeing all the tour shirts and stuff out there but your your dress shirt that, that is, yeah, you look sharp. That is you, sharp here. You, you didn't even feel the best, but you also looked the best. Looked yeah, one hundred percent. You know, guys, I got a ton of compliments on the shirt. Stacy Weber wanted my shirt. Uh, a number of Chris. His, I had so many comments about it. Um, uh, someone said I'm the first guy to ever win a tournament with flowers on my shirt. 
so I don't know if uh, if that's true, but um, Stevenson maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it was. I bought the shirt at Kananaskis. Uh, I was golfing one day, and I they uh, I went to check in, and they were putting up new shirts. I'm like, that's nice, and so I just bought it there. I don't even know what the brand is. <laughs> Jeez. I love how you didn't even put that much thought into it. Awesome. Sure. Like, no, no, right. Everybody's That's like, awesome. So, so what? Did, what did Lenny say to you? Let's. Yes. People um, want to know. I, well, I think he came up to me. Oh, that's funny, Chris. <laughs> I think he came up to me and said, "If I remember correctly, you will be the biggest um, long shot to ever win the tournament, um, other than someone else. I can't remember who." It might have been more, but I most for the most part I tune out Lenny. Um, but he did tell me I shouldn't tell. He came up and said I shouldn't say this, but I'm gonna anyway. Uh, I just told Tim this, but what else was it, Tim? I can't remember. Oh, I forget. That that's how you start Earlier every on, statement. You, that's like really terrible. Earlier I on, shouldn't you said say this. About Danny, but yeah. what's that? You said something earlier about Danny. You were gonna Danny say Gumbach. Yeah. Yeah, Danny, Danny was kind of in my corner. Danny called me and kind of gave me some tips for the 40s, which was nice of him. And he was bang on with his cut prediction and uh, kind of how to mentally prepare because I hadn't been in that spot in a long time. And he said, I'm, uh, I really hope you and Adam make the 16s. I want to come watch you guys. Um, so we both did make the 16s. And, of course, he gets there and he's kind of watching Adam and he's watching Adam and he's watching Adam. He's watching me from afar. And then about, I don't know. Um, he'd always come ask me how I'm doing. And, and then some at some point he jumped ship and he started <laughs> sitting by me and watching Adam from afar. And he just was, he's just that well, he's such a good friend of mine and he's such a good guy. So um, he's got verbal diarrhea and he <laughs> breaks everything down. Um, but you know, he helped, he just helped keep me calm, asked me if I needed stuff. There was a, there was a game and I can't tell you which game, but it was, it, I think it was my fifth or sixth game where I plowed a couple times and he goes, are you getting tense? Are you getting nervous? Uh, you just look tight now. And I go, I don't feel tight, but thanks for the, I, I go, I feel fine. And, but just to come up and check on me and ask, I, it looks a little off, he said. Um, and then in game 13, I stopped, I was getting really tired. I'd been walk, pacing, walking, pacing, never sitting down. And game 13, I just stood still. I stopped walking. I didn't sit, but I stopped walking. And he goes, Carrie goes, you got to keep your routine. You're, you're just standing here now. When you were playing well, you were just walking, doing your thing. Um, I, I recommend you start doing that again. And I did that uh, in game 14 and won. I think that was against you, Tim, game 14. And you needed, you were making a huge comeback. You'd won a yeah. bunch of games and scored well. And I bumped into you in the bathroom between 13 and 14. <laughs> and you'd said, I, I, I'd asked you how you're doing. And you said, I'm kind of making a run. Um, but you'd lost game 13 and you were just just a little dejected. But yeah. you still were playing so well. And, uh, and the, anyway, that game 14, Danny kind of gave me a tip. And I, 
that might have been enough to I, I won that game against Tim. Tim didn't play particularly great. He wasn't bad, but I got a win. And then game 15, I pretty much Bradley didn't have a good game. He could have beat me and Kerry shot lights out and couldn't catch me. So uh, right. and Danny's telling me, Kerry, I'm not fifth, sixth frame. He's like, Kerry, if you shoot 200, you win. Like, stop worrying. Stop. Like, he, they're just telling me to to stop. And uh, it, maybe it was you, Daryl. Like, it was Danny and one other person was telling me that I kind of had won by about the fifth or sixth frame, but I was panicking, yeah. panicking. The most nervous, the only time I was nervous all weekend. Well, I mean, it, what an amazing weekend you had, Kerry. Uh, I think speaking for a lot of people, super happy for you to win that tournament. And it, it goes to show that, you know, success can come to anybody on any given weekend. Just keep putting in the work. Um, you know, keep playing your game, keep believing in yourself, and, and it can happen, right? So, good on you, bud. Yeah, yeah congrats well, again, Kerry. Thanks, bud. I appreciate it, guys. And I wish I could say I put in the work. <laughs> I, yeah, I bowled 12 games in 20 months, but no, um, but you've been around yeah. the game. Yeah, you know, you've been around sure. the game, and, yeah. and that's sort of where we'll go to next for the little bit is you know, you've been around, um, you know, playing lots and uh, as a kid and you know, tournaments and some you know, halfway success and whatnot, and you got a good story to yeah. tell. So we'll close that off with the Autumn Open, guys. Good good job to you guys too, Adam, Tim, Dex, and anybody else who made the 16. So um, well done. Um, should we transition a little bit into some of the personal and some of the, the, the older days for you a little bit, Carrie? I know that um, I feel like we might go over time here, everybody. Just keep <laughs> keep with us. But it's uh, got obviously great stuff to go over with Carrie. When, so. I don't even know how long it is. Is it 90 minutes or is it two hours? Usually we go around two hours, Carrie. So maybe we'll okay. do a little quicker on some of the sure. earlier days and some of those yeah. tournaments because I know you've sure. got – uh, a really great message and a great story that I think people would be loving to, to hear about. So um, sure. maybe, just, maybe Cole's you notes. To, you want me to zip through the bio that I kind yeah. of sent yeah, out? Yeah, let's do Cole's sure. notes of your younger okay. days growing up, how it all began, all that stuff for yourself, and then get into some of the, you know, the adult tournaments, and then let's get into sure. some fun stuff. Okay. Well, for me, I, I kind of grew up in a bowling alley. Uh, my dad had me out on the lanes at age two, throwing the ball between my legs. I was born in Thompson, Manitoba. My dad was a minor up there, and he was in a bowling league, and he was a pretty good bowler. Like, he averaged anywhere from kind of 230 to 245, and uh, when we moved from Thompson to Regina, he started managing some bowling alleys, and uh, he uh, managed a bowling alley called the Nortown, and um, old Nortown, like it was an old movie theater. It was two floors in Regina. So I grew up starting to bowl. I think my first year YBC was 1977. I was five years old. I actually, he kept a scrapbook of all through YBC. So I've got this, uh, and I just flipped through it for this podcast. I've got this huge bowling scrapbook oh, wow. of uh, nice. just like my first YBC days and my first scorecard here. Um, look at that great shot of me bowling there. <laughs> Those are in Keller? Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Those are in Keller. And uh, so, like, it was kind of cool to reminisce. I went and pay, I haven't looked up this book in a long time. And, it, um, I, you know, dad ran bowling alleys while I was young. And I just got pretty good pretty quick. And 
went to three nationals um, in YBC. I think two is a bantam, one is a junior. Um, I want to, we used to in Saskatchewan have YBC cash tournaments. Um, I think they paid us in gift cards because there was some rule or something, but like I won every one of them. Um, we had a thing called the Winter Games in Saskatchewan. I made the team at nine years old in 1982. Uh, I was bowling against 17, 18, 16, fifth, like, and I ended up going to the Winter Games in 82, 86, and 90. And I, I, nice. I was told I was the only competitor to ever go to three because when I made it, at nine years old, they changed the rule that you had to be 13 to, they never dreamed that a nine year old could make that event. So, and I made it because the competition was terrible, not because I was great. Um, <laughs> and it was just, there wasn't a lot of great bowlers. Like I bowled with Doug, there was one year, Doug Clark and I bowled on a provincial junior team together. Uh, Kevin Clark and I came up at the same time, Len and Lonnie, all those YBC money tournaments, I bowled against the Clarks, Len, Lonnie, probably others. The Swatskys were good friends of mine. Kevin Swatsky's my favorite bowler of all time. I just I love the guy as a person, but I just loved his style. Um, he just threw bombs. So he sent me a nice message. Uh, Pepsi challenges, that type of stuff. After I got out of YBC, um, I used to manage restaurants in my 20s and 30s, so I had to work a lot of weekends, so I didn't get to go to all the, like, I only went, uh, tried to make three open teams in Regina. I think I made, my first year out of YBC, I missed, and then the next two years that I tried, I made it. I bowled, I only tried to make the Masters twice. I was singles once. I was on, I was on a fun team with, uh, I think it was 2000. Len Anseth, Doug Clark, Don Salmond, myself, all when we were heavy drinkers. And Tom Patterson was our fifth, who was not a heavy <laughs> not. drinker. And, <laughs> and that was in London, Ontario in 2000. And we, I think we finished dead last, but I also think we bet every team. Um, we were just awful. And um, so... My my 19 to 27, I had I had some pretty good success. I bowled a lot of the cash tournaments, KG bowl. I qualify. I had shot over 2400 to qualify one or two times. I I had two good runs, one at KG, one at Regina Classic, where I think I made the fours. And I like I felt good enough, like I could win those tournaments. And it just a guy named Andy Rogan beat me in Regina who ended up winning the tournament who not a lot of people knew who he was and he beat, knocked me out. And, and I like the one year in KG, I was shooting lights out. I qualified with 2,400. I played a guy, I shot 1,100 for three. He shot a thousand Kevin Slippert from Manitoba. And I can't remember who knocked me out, but like I was solid. I played the invitationals. I played a lot of the tournaments, but I didn't get to bowl every tournament like some of the other bowlers because I uh, I just worked a lot of weekends. But um, I bowled, I think the Rose Bowl won once in Calgary a number of times. I think I might have made the 40s once in top Chinook and I know I made it once in Toppler the reason I know that is because I finished 40th in the next round <laughs> so, um, but guys I was I was a really I liked somewhere between 20 and 26 
it became more about the drinking and partying and fun with my buddies than the bowling. And uh, I would look forward to go to the bowling tournaments to drink and uh, and hang out with my friends. Right. I love the, the group, but I. I was really drinking heavily and uh, it wasn't a good thing in my life, but I didn't recognize that. Uh, actually, my mom brought it up to me. She goes, Carrie, back in the day, you'd be hung over at every tournament you went to if you slept at all. And, uh, and that's how it was in my kind of early 20s to um, late 20s. And then I got, uh, you know, I moved to Calgary. I went from Regina to Saskatoon to Calgary and there's a number of people that have heard my story and there's a lot of people, probably most people on this podcast wouldn't have a clue, but um, like I, um, I was managing Red Lobster on the cloud trail and just moved to Calgary and all the friends I hung out with did drugs. They were doing cocaine, ecstasy, all these different things. And there's a saying, you're the average of your five best friends, friends and I'd never done drugs in my life. All I did was drink. And um, for about six months, my three or four best friends were all using cocaine. I was drinking and uh, they'd get up and go to work the next day. I'd get up, go to work the next day and they'd offer me it all the time. I'd say no, no, no. And then one day I didn't say no. And I tried it and I loved it. And I was addicted from day one. That was about 27, 28 years old. Um, it was, it was a, a really up and down next 12 years. Um, I really stopped for the most part. I barely bowled. I, I don't know if I bowled the odd league. I know I showed up at the odd tournament. I did not try to make any opens or master teams for those 12 years. Um, I was all about drinking, partying, women, cocaine, and all that life had to offer. And it was, it was not good. <laughs> It was, um, it took me down a road to some really dark places where I wanted to end my life. And I actually had a suicide attempt. Um, I, I just, I, I asked God, if you've got a plan for my life, you've got to help me break this cocaine addiction. Cause I can't do it. I'd been to a few short term rehabs and I would last a couple months and then I'd have a couple drinks and then I'd fall off the wagon or what have you. And I went to this place called Teen Challenge at 40 years old. And uh, Teen Challenge is a Christian faith-based alcohol and drug rehab. And they're all over. There's like 1,400 of them around the world. They were started in the States in like the 1958, I think. And there's about, the company I work for runs nine of them, but there's about 15 or 16 in Canada. And Teen Challenge saved my life. It was a year rehab. Um, I, at 40 years old, my life was a mess, absolute mess. And people would have known that there was something wrong, but like, you don't let people in. Not, I didn't even, my parents didn't know how bad it was. My sister didn't know how bad it was. Um, it, it was, it was some really rough times at the end. And, uh, so I went to this this place called Teen Challenge, and I've never looked back. I actually did the year program, and I've worked there now for eight years. So I've been part of Teen Challenge nine years. I'll come up uh, October 31st this month. I'll be nine years uh, sober from cocaine. Amazing. So, uh, you that's know, awesome, that's, that's uh, cocaine was going to end my life. And uh, I just I thank God for for me 
for for me getting a second chance at life and like bowling was a passion of mine and i lost a lot of my best years of bowl like for 12 years i didn't even bowl and um and then three years after i bowled zero and probably the last few years in my, now lots of people are partying and drinking and bowling and i know that but you're not it's hard to be sharp and be your best if you're drinking every night and and then you're you're out till four or five in the morning then you're up at eight or whatever it is um so you know i just i had to make some serious lifestyle changes and uh you know i've i've now surrounded myself with a lot of great people in my lives uh, i've got a, a lot of mentors accountability partners those type of things i love my job because now i get to be part of seeing other people's lives changed there's nothing better than see like Dex, you were talking about some inspiring things you saw at the bowling alley. That just makes you feel so good. And I get to see that day in and day out where people come in at the end of their rope and they change their lives around. Many of them make it and there's others that don't make it. But, um, you know, addiction and mental health can go hand in hand. And um, we provide a, a really safe place for people to change their lives. So... So, you know, um, anyone listening, if you, if anyone's struggling with anything, you send me a private message. Uh, I'd be happy to talk to you about it, those type of things. There, you can change your life around, um, and it, but it is not easy. It's a lot of work, and I remember wanting five years sobriety in three months. Uh, but the only way to get five years sobriety is to be uh, sober for five years. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's, it's, it's really, um, I just, I love the work I do. It's very meaningful. And, and, and now I've got this opportunity to come back to bowling, which has been an up and down roller coaster. I started bowling again in 2015 and guys jump in. I'm kind of rambling and I'm trying to hurry up for it to be sensitive for time. But no, you're doing great, that. buddy. Congratulations, um, obviously, first off on, on nine years. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you're right. You did mention, um, you know, the, the party years, right? There was yeah. there was a lot of that, right? I'm, yeah. I'm culprit of that, too. At, at times, it was more important to party than it was to really bowl. And then you question yourself, well, why wasn't why didn't it do good at bowling? Well, maybe because yeah. you're partying too hard, man, right? right. Um, yeah. You know, it was something that I noticed this last weekend, too, is that there's not a lot of that anymore. Right, the, the you're right. It's a lot less than when there, yeah, sure when is. you and I were younger. There was a lot more. Yeah, of it. the quality of, of bowling is so high now that you just can't yeah. afford. Certainly, there's guys that are having a couple of Ryan Cokes or a couple of whatever just to take the edge off. Yeah. Um, but there's not guys getting bombed or even on Friday nights or Saturday nights. It's just not. You know, maybe you're there's right. a couple I, of I know, tournaments, but it's. I noticed that. That's one of the things I've noticed about these tournaments. People take it a lot more serious. There's still the odd people that get at her but um for the most part people are there it's just such a great group of people the yeah. bowling community is just a great group so um You're yeah right. so that you know um i i started bowling again and i kind of had it i spent three years really digging in and working on me and change 2012 13 14 and then 2015 i was in london ontario and i started bowling again and uh and I entered, I joined, a, I think I Len messaged Mike Hebert for me to try to find out where, living in London, what league I should go to. So he introduced me to a guy named Jim Thorpe, um, 
legends never die, but they sure <laughs> get old, Jim Thorpe. Um, <laughs> he, he's just an incredible bowler. And I uh, got to bowl with like Brenda and Dave Pankoff and just so many others, great people in London. Uh, I remember my first day, they put me on a team with a guy named Daryl Davidson, who's they couldn't have put me on a better team, just the nicest, once again, the bowling community, just him and his wife, the nicest people. And so I started bowling again and uh, I entered the open and I won it. <laughs> I finished first in the open and uh, we had a good men's team. Uh, me, Jim Thorpe, um, Rob McDonald, Craig um, Arcan, um, geez, I can't remember everyone else, but we went to uh, Steve Luscombe and, uh, geez, I forget the last guy's name. We we went to Provincial Sherwood Bowl in Hamilton. It's like mm -hmm. 500 lanes or whatever. Yep. <laughs> and um, and Mitch Davies um, and Martin Talbot, Hamilton, beat us in the final. Like, we, we bowled good, and uh, we we played them in the final and lost. And uh, But that was kind of – I was so thankful. I remember playing singles and I just remember going, I never thought I would do this ever again. And I, I remember walking up and down Sherwood Bowl, go, just thanking God for the opportunity to bowl competitively again. And, and then I started bowling and I, tr I tried to be good and I wasn't. I, I went to the Regina three times, Edmonton, sure, uh, Heritage and uh, Calgary. I never made... You know, you it's hard to leave a turn. My goal is always to make the cut and averaging 271 at Regina just wasn't satisfying finishing 47th. I didn't feel yeah. good after leaving. I finished 34th at Heritage or your guys' tournament. I can't remember which one. I didn't feel good after finishing 31st. And I'm sure I flashed about 10 corner spares and, uh, and I missed by about five points. And so I'd missed about six or seven tournaments in a row coming to this one. And I remember golfing with, uh, I was golfing with Michael Wist, Lonnie Akers, and a guy named Babic. And Babic asked me, when was the last time, have you ever made a cut? He asked me. And I was just like, I wanted to punch him right in the face. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, I kind of remembered that. And uh, I talked to a few people saying, I, I just want to be competitive and make a cut. So, you know, it's it felt pretty good, guys. I, I got to say, um, I've been bowling again, I guess, 2015 to 2019. I had some went to nationals one year. Saskatoon, um, our men's team went to nationals. We finished for fourth in Gatineau. I'm not sure if any guys were there in 2018 for the Open. Um, but it was uh, it was Red Deer came from Alberta that year. Um, right. And yeah. uh it was Kerry Kreitz and Gino, and uh, they were terrible, but um, they Gary were below Bowling. us. And Alberta is usually not terrible, but, you know, this journey back to bowling, um, I, I just, I'm very, very thankful. And what, how I opened up this podcast is I'm thankful for you guys, Kerry Kreitz and the WCBT guys. You guys are doing absolutely amazing work and the youth and how good the young bowlers are we've talked about marcello but over the years watching tyler and bradley like they're just incredible mm -hmm. um you guys have done so much for the like this group here like um you guys are legends at bowling and um and people look up to you guys all across canada um but i must say it felt 
pretty good beating all three of you in the, in the... <laughs> <laughs> um yeah obviously big congratulations on everything um you know it takes it takes a lot of courage and strength to recognize that there's a problem and then it takes more courage and strength to do something about it and uh congratulations on that that's it's inspiring it is absolutely inspiring and you're right you are a culmination of the people you surround and we're so fortunate to have such a great family and that's really what the bowling world is and people don't understand how close-knit the bowling community really is but my best friends are all around the country and we all communicate every single day and um it's uh it's such a great world and i'm so glad that you found your way back into it buddy because um you're a pretty great dude and it uh it takes a lot of courage to do what you did so um if anybody needs to like reach out please do it it's the the bowling world is a a no shame place so um if you need to reach out to people please do because no one's gonna judge you yeah, and Carrie, on that note, can you chat a bit about some of those, you know, messages or some of those things you learn in your recovery process that might, you know, help people and or, or recognizing those triggers that, hey, I maybe do need to talk to somebody or when was that point that you said that I need to start getting some help and I, I can't just do this on my own? Talk a little bit further about some of those, uh, those, those things for us. Yeah, you know, um, you've. In my case, I fought it as long as I could. I I carried a good job the whole time. I made good money, which wasn't good for feeding my addiction. Um, so in my head, I was like, well, if I'm showing up at work every day and I'm making good, is it really a problem? It was a huge problem, but I didn't. I didn't um, recognize it. And the first step in any any recovery program there's a ton of great recovery programs team challenge is one of many ours is a long one but um you gotta you gotta admit you have a problem to yourself and you gotta be willing to talk about it and seek help and those are kind of the first steps and for me i was i asked god for help i just said god if you're real you need to help me break this addiction and I'd never heard of Teen Challenge. Eight hours later, after that prayer, I was drunk and whatever, um, I heard about Teen Challenge. So for me, um, God is real and he saved my life through the Teen Challenge program. So if you got issues, um, number one, pride and guilt and shame are the worst things. Um, there's people that care for you out there. And, and, you know, if you don't know who else to turn to, send me a message. I'm happy. I've been doing this now for nine years. I've got contacts all over the place. I'll be able to point someone in the right direction. And by the way, I've had a number of friends and people over the last nine years that I haven't heard from in five, 10 years, say I'm struggling with gambling or drinking or whatever. And can you give me some advice? And um, so I'm happy to do that. And it's hard. It's hard to admit that you're struggling with something. You, Everyone wants to try to do it on their own. And I wasted 10 years of my life. My 30s, guys, were wasted 10 years. Like, I, I'm thankful to um, – I turn 50 next year, but I kind of made a comeback here in my 40s, and um, I'm – 
just that I feel like my 50s are going to be the best decade of my life. And, and, you know, addiction and mental health can come in many different forms. It's not just simply have drinking 24 ounces yeah. or 24 beers in a day. It's could be, could be many different forms. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, that's mental health and it's high, but now I have a ton of friends that are addiction counselor, mental health workers, addiction workers. I have got 10 friends that do it for a living that I've met through teen challenge or other places. And you guys, it's not easy. First of all, there's waiting lists for most programs. So if you are struggling and you need help, it's so hard to get help today. You usually are put on a waiting list. Someone will call you back. You don't get your first meeting for two weeks to a month. Some programs, especially with COVID, have three to six month waits. So if you're and the when you start talking about the opioid um, crisis, fentanyl crisis, there's people dying all the time my buddy kurt huber from saskatoon's a firefighter before covid they were going to a few overdose calls a week now they're going to eight to ten a day um it's covid has really affected mental health huge and addictions huge because the addiction um community helps people that are struggling with mental health and addiction but isolation is terrible for people but why and the liquor stores are always open so you can always get liquor and then if you're addicted to other things like opioids or drugs and the chemical drugs like fentanyl they can kill you like you 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 can you're playing russian roulette with your life so it's uh i recommend anyone that's struggling with any of that to uh to just seek help there's help out there and there's no shame or guilt i'll tell you i fought it for years and i wish i would have got help in my 30s not at 40. Uh -huh. uh, well it feels like I, i've known you for forever carrie and you know through through our small circle as well and uh i've i've had a chance to to, to hear your story a number of times and uh, every time I do, I, I kind of get a lump in my throat, a little tear in my eye, because I'm, uh, I'm so proud of who you've become and, and, and come through all of this. Sorry, I'm tearing up now, to be yeah, honest. Um, um, and, and now you're in a position to to pay it forward. And, yeah. uh, and you're doing that uh, as a career and... Uh, um, and, and then seeing kind of the the under the, the underdog story uh, through through the bowling world, and uh, I, I, I honestly I could not be prouder of you as a person in uh, your professional life, your um, your, your personal life, and uh, man, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm so proud of you, dude. Adam, I really appreciate that. And I, you know, meant a lot. You came up and congratulated me, I think five or six times. <laughs> after, like, and we hugged it out about three times. And I was like, man, that meant a lot, Adam. It, you all came in so many people. I got so many messages, but uh, Adam, you and I, I, I really respected you and, and we've kind of been friends and connected for a long time, uh, but it sure meant a lot. Uh, a guy like you of your caliber, to uh, to just to to I guess congratulate me. I could just tell it meant you were happy for me and it meant a lot to you. And uh, I just thank you for that. My pleasure, buddy. Yeah, it's like the so culmination what? of the last fifteen years or whatever, however long it's been. 
all in yeah. one weekend. It's just the long road back to this. It's it's cool. Yeah. You're the, you are the yeah. official people's champion. <laughs> you Despite what Brett yeah, said. <laughs> Perhaps, uh, you know, something are you, so what's next? Are you planning TPC? Yeah, I, um, TPC's Edmonton, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I think I've only bowled Edmonton money. That's the one I've been to the least. I think I've been to TPC once, maybe twice. And I was only at Rose Bowl about once. It was just one tournament I had a hard time getting to, but I'm coming. I might even buy a WCBT membership. Yeah, you should. Not, not um, a bad idea. Uh, we have cash only too, so find a CIBC. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm going to bowl the Thursday shift. I just had uh, Sheldon from Saskatoon message me today uh, to go in the doubles. So I'm going to play the doubles. And uh, so that'll be fun. I I'm, nice. I look forward to it. I'm going to make a weekend of it and uh, hope to carry some momentum forward. As Jen perhaps, says, uh, make sure you buy a membership, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and perhaps that's an opportunity, right, for anybody that might want to reach out to you, maybe not in the middle of a qualifying shift, but or maybe it's a, you know, you lead a session, something in the back on mental health or a talk mm -hmm. or something. I think, you know, it's a subject that's probably not talked about enough, but definitely something that we could bring awareness. And you're obviously a, a, a very qualified person to speak on the subject that something sure. might be done. I'm happy to speak to anyone, anytime. Uh, I love what I do and I love being having the opportunity. I'm not an addiction counselor, um, but I work closely with uh, addictions and I can point people in the right direction. Um, and just sometimes having a safe place to share your story is a good start. Having someone that you feel comfortable sharing, that's, that's the one thing I really, it's the hardest part is telling someone when you got this, this deep, dark secret, I carried around, um, I carried around a cocaine addiction for 12 years uh, and my family didn't know. Um, some people knew, but um, it was it was just a really tough 10 years. And uh, I just encourage people if you're if you're struggling, um, speak up, talk to someone, get help, because there's great places to get help out there. Mm -hmm. Good stuff, buddy. Thanks. Um, now, so TPC, you're going to play. What's the rest of the year look like? Are we looking I'll at play. maybe an open playing qualifying out of Calgary? <laughs> you play Masters this weekend coming uh, up? Uh, no, not Masters. I am going to – I'm trying to talk Danny Gumbach into playing the Open um, in Calgary here. Um, I – Masters wasn't on my radar and it came up so quickly. I've, I've got work this weekend, so I won't be playing that, but I'm going to play the – is Winnipeg have a money tournament? Yeah, no, uh, December, right? They got a date. I think that they have we started to see any entry forms. Is there any more information on that? Nothing yet, but first weekend in December. Yeah, they okay. were looking at it obviously before COVID shut down, but I haven't heard anything recently um, since right. uh, since things started to reopen. So maybe somebody in the comments if... knows more about the Winnipeg tournament if it's happening, with the dates and any poster or anything like that to let yeah, people know. Push it out there. I'll play Edmonton, Regina. And Regina is one of my favorite tournaments. I grew up there. A lot of my good buddies are there. Um, and who knows? I'll try to do Winnipeg in the Open. If Winnipeg does, BC have any money tournaments no. these days? Now that we're Not so anymore, close no. to BC, Not this year. No. 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 How about you guys? Uh, I imagine you guys are all playing everything all the time. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're pretty close. Uh, I, I won't be making the trip to 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 Winnipeg if that does go. 
but I'll, I'll definitely be playing uh, all the WCBT and Open Masters this weekend, uh, barring any further uh, injuries. Yeah, if Lucy books you a concert ticket on Regina, you won't be too upset, I know. Yeah, I, I booked Shine Down today. Can't wait. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a WCBT guy. We'll definitely play TPC. I'm not a Masters, but I'll, the Open's my jam that I'll, I'll look forward to playing the Open. And then, obviously, Regina, February, it's penciled in right now. Haven't really ever done the Red Deer tournament, actually. Never never once is the timing of it and, and camping, but we'll see how TPC goes and get the year going that way. For sure. But. Um, is there um, the the Masters that is in, in Alberta? Is it two weekends or three weekends or just one weekend? Three, three weekends. Three weekends. So we three have weekends. That's a big first, commitment, yeah. Yeah, first two tournaments this weekend coming up, and then uh, two at the start of January in the Central, and then the last two in the middle of March um, in Calgary there. so Did you say all four of you are playing Masters? Um, Master. Oh, three okay. of us anyways, yeah. Three, yeah, okay. Carry, yeah, you, carry you, you can... You can take your your chances and just play two of the weekends, right? So you, you just have to you qualify can. in four events. Yeah, yeah, you could. And you know, she, I'm expecting huge scores this weekend for Masters. Um, you got sure you got Bonnie Dune, and then you got Sherwood Bowl, right? And with the level of quality of play that we got here in Alberta, I'm expecting some big numbers coming out of Bonnie Dune. You know, several 24s, both on the men's and ladies' side. Seeing some of the list of people that are playing, it's going to be it's going to be big. Um, and then Sherwood, I would expect to be big on Sunday morning for sure too. Yeah. So it's we set the tone right away for Masters coming out of Alberta. Out of Alberta. Yeah, numbers are uh, numbers are looking good for it. So that's awesome. Really looking forward could to that as well. Definitely could be a make or break weekend in Alberta. Yeah. 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 Totally agree. Yeah, a couple of big twenty fours or a twenty four and twenty three and a halfs. I mean, that's what guys got to be thinking to shoot twenty four out of Bonnie Dune. I would think, right? That's the yeah. goal. Yeah. No, no, is no there a live stream? stream. No. <laughs> I, I, guys, I don't think I've ever walked into Bonnie Dune. I don't think I've ever been there. Rose Bowl. You the Rose Bowl, you did. Oh, okay. Then I played. <laughs> what? You did, wasn't it at Collingwood for a while? Yeah, no? that, was, that was the TPC. Oh, okay. Then I've been to Bonnie Dune once. Once I did. Yeah. <laughs> good memories. Yeah, good memory back then. <laughs> a, a few blood cells are missing from back then. <laughs> so good. Or brain cells, I think I meant yeah. brain cells. Uh, well, Carrie, I uh, cannot thank you enough for coming on here. Um, and congratulations again. Um, and honestly, thank you for being a role model in bowling, but a role model in life as well. Um, life isn't always easy, but uh, it's so good seeing people make changes and, and do positive things in life. And um, yeah, thank you for everything you do. It's it's amazing. This this podcast and, and bowling as a whole is so much bigger than the game. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you epitomize that. So um, Hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you guys. Um inviting me on it's been a pleasure and i just wouldn't mind showing adam uh this here <laughs> I, I i got a few of those don't worry. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> love it but yeah. so happy yeah. for you yeah i know it's good that's good stuff guys well hey thanks for the time today and like i said if uh you guys need anything ever uh whether it's about bowling or about anything else you guys reach out perfect awesome well, Thank we, we don't bud. have a draw or anything going on here, so 
Um, we're gonna say our goodbyes. We'll play yeah. our. But how about next week, though, Dex? We got some. We already planned oh. next week, I believe, right, Tim? Yes, we yes. have uh, Michaela Turner on. Michaela's from yes. uh, Northern Ontario. She's doing her master's program, and she's bringing bowling involved into it. So um, we brought her on so we can talk about it and be kind of an interesting show for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And if it. anybody awesome. out in league bowling that's throwing big scores or they want to be noticed or shared across the country, you know, send in your big scores or, or let Tim know, and we'll we'll share it on the show. Yeah, so it was good to know how people are doing across the country. How good was it to be able to talk about a bowling tournament, boys? Oh, man. Yeah. Hour and a half. <laughs> Boom. So Felt good. Like flew by. So good. So no, good. no COVID talks. Yeah. So how do yeah. I get oh. 10 out of 10? Nah, how we always like the commentary. Did you, like, did you like the live commentary on Sunday? Oh, wait, you were bowling all day, so you didn't have to listen to it. <laughs> no, I, I, I listened to some of it today, though. It, it, oh, yeah? It went, went, went really good. Once you guys got the mic. Uh, yeah, issues kind of out of the way. It was good. Uh, well, Daryl, how how do show, I watch? was great. How do I listen to that? Oh, it's probably on YouTube. YouTube. Um, live commentary. Then you would have to look for it under Five Thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, it was cool, right? on our Facebook page too. Um, yeah, getting a chance to to talk about it and live streaming a little bit of commentary. Obviously, <laughs> some audio issues and didn't want to bug Carrie too much. And thanks, yeah. you know, a little not a little bit last minute. I kind of thought I'd want to do it, but obviously wanted to be playing. But then, okay. You know all the photos, and we were doing headshots and getting people's you know picks all weekend. So building some content there um, is going to go a long way. So totally. yeah, the, the commentary was fun. We'll, we'll be better prepared for TPC. Yeah, no, no, yeah, good, 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 uh, good for you and Schultz and uh, yeah. who, who else was, was doing that? Was John, yeah, just John me and Schultz. So, okay. so me and Schultz just ended up sort of taking turns, just the way that I was working with the microphone and the and, and you know the banter. Um, and 15 games, to be honest with you, is a lot for one guy to sit sure. there the whole time. So we just took turns every two games and, and whatnot, so about an hour at a time. Um, but, yeah, no, Schultz was good to get involved. I know he wants to be involved a little bit, and, and doing some commentary was cool. Obviously, he'd prefer to be playing, too. Um, sure. And, and good goals on practicing for a month to get ready for TPC. I think a lot of guys are going to be gunning for TPC. And we see the list of people that are coming to play. It's um, um, There's some heavy hitters. Right, yeah. there's some heavy guys coming in. Is the Baker's full? Uh, the du- it's doubles and doubles. Nope, not yet. Oh, okay. Close. There's no. Okay, got you. The, the, no Friday, the Friday night is doubles, but it's Friday it's huge. Doubles. So we have 64 doubles teams usually. Wow. Okay. And, and the money for first place is um, uh, fifteen hundred dollars really a person. It's three thousand dollars for first place. Yeah, it's wow. insane. So that and... doubles is awesome because. You, you can go and have a good time, or you can pay for your entire weekend yeah. in an evening. And what about the Invitational? On Thursday what? night, how many uh, entries you got? We have, we're both, we have about 13 or 14 for the 1,000, so we're just getting the final ones. And then for the ladies, uh, we're almost full. I think you're going to need about two more for the ladies. Awesome. Yeah. So if there's anybody out there that's wanting to play those, give us a shout. We'll get you in there. And that it's a thousand dollar buy-in for the men, five hundred for the ladies. A lot of people find sponsors for part of them, um, you know, twenty-five percent, fifty percent, sort of thing. So um, if oh. you're worried about the money, ask around. Pe- people are willing to gamble. Like the, the, they the, just the, are. The thousand dollar event is open, not not just men's. Right. It's yeah. exactly. It's for yeah. everybody. Yeah. We have Jennifer Baker playing, so we do have a lady playing. So nice. I just do want to say that in there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. 
Love awesome. it. Good stuff, guys. Well, thanks again. Uh, thanks again, Carrie. Thanks again, guys, for joining us. Um, thanks again to All Star Bowling Sales for sponsoring the podcast and all the Patreons. And uh, we look forward to seeing everybody next week. Thanks, everybody. Awesome. Take care, guys. Nice.